Okay, so we're gonna start. So we got another episode of uh, Joan. I basically named this Jonah's NBA talk because you talked about two hours last time about <laughs> freaking point guards alone in the NBA. I just appreciate you indulging me, Kellen. Huh? Yeah, I know. I was such a good listener that episode, huh? You literally talked for about two hours about point guards. It was probably so boring. Yes. And then we have our special guest. We have Shannon here today. What's popping? Are you a pretty big NBA fan? Uh, yes, yeah. I would say so. Okay, yeah, because you played basketball in high school, right? Yep. Right on. Yeah. Okay, cool. So do you? So Jonah, do you kind of want to get into it? Wait a second. Thing? I need to. I need to change some things here. All right. So I think we should get this started by just like so people know kind of what we're talking about and have at least oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. some justification for like why we might rank a certain player higher than another one. Like okay. obviously we're ranking shooting guards, but um, right, why don't we, we just... Hey, <laughs> nice. Should I put my Draymond jersey on or what? Absolutely. No, you can pass on that. <laughs> why don't we just like start off by like saying what we would look for in like our ideal shooting guard so people have like some idea of yeah so basically if you were trying to build one i know clay thompson is like what you would want in a but yeah that's just besides the point like he's the perfect shooting guard yeah so basically for me like obviously last episode i was like talking about how i'd want my point guard to be sort of the fulcrum and the um attack point of my offense so basically what i'm looking for in a shooting guard is sort of a complementary piece who would ideally have size and quickness to defend the uh, quickest or the best perimeter player on the other team. And I also want a complementary piece on offense who isn't necessarily like the straw that stirs the drink of my offense, but is a guy who can knock down open shots and maybe from time to time create his own basket in sort of a late shot clock isolation scenario. But definitely doesn't have to be like the most dynamic offensive player oh shoot i completely forgot about demar Derozan. well i mean he's played small forward oh okay longer, so. yeah <laughs> and all, also i'm confused on like luca because you I, put him top point guard. on my point guard list but like isn't he a shooting guard too i would classify him as a point guard i think he's yeah like, i put him i'd say he's a point guard yeah, he's shooting guard size, but he has had his ball in his hands the entire career. So I'd yeah. say he's he's too ball dominant to be considered. Shooting. I just like I'm confused. Like when I was making my list, I don't think that there's like a besides like the top two for me. It's kind of a toss up. There's like no particular yeah. order I can really. I mean, obviously you guys know him better, but for me, that I just know a bunch of different shooting guards, and like I don't know what differentiates them because to me they're all pretty good. From on their the, on their individual teams. From the preview you sent me, I I kind of liked where you were going with your list. So okay, I'll I'll, I'll just do that one. But I wanted okay. to I wanted to change it up on you a little bit. Okay, why don't we start from the top of our lists? <laughs> no, that's okay. I guess because I guess the top isn't really everyone's is probably the same. Okay, wait, wait, wait. And <laughs> tell me to make a list. So you name <laughs> name like. 30 shooting guards really fast so I can start creating a, a list in my head. Jalen Brown. Should I just go James through my Harden, list? Clay Thompson, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, CJ McCollum. Um, I'll look at more. Lou Williams. 
Victor Oladipo, Buddy Heald, and like Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what does is Kawhi a small forward? Yeah. Oh, does PG play power forward with him? Uh, he plays shooting guard. Markeith is there, or Marcus is there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, God, are, we, so are we counting PG guys. as a shooting guard? I I think you could. I think that's a fair assessment. I just I I, I always thought he was, was, but I guess yeah. Not. I think that's smart, actually. Yeah, Paul George is probably a shooting guard. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. My list is kind of trash. Should we get right into it? Yeah, Joe, you start. You start at uh, sixty-three and work your way up to the top. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm gonna. St- I'm no, gonna I'm start at number I'm kidding, one. I'm, I'm gonna start at number one. So yeah. my number one. There's really no suspense here. This guy's been the number one shooting guard in the NBA for quite some time now, and that's James Harden. Probably, he's probably probably unless you want to say Giannis. James Harden's been the best offensive player in basketball this year. Um, he's one of the, most one of the best scores in NBA history. He's led the league in scoring for a few years. Just the versatility to his offense, and yet it's versatile and predictable at the same time. Like He has a great three-point shot, obviously. That's kind of his trademark. But he gets to the rim more and more often these days, too. He's a great finisher at the rim, super physical, uses his strength and his size to um, to get off shots against defenders at the rim. Um, obviously, he's the king of drawing fouls. Like we talked about this last show, he goes to the line 12 times a game, which is ridiculous. Um, even on his off nights, he's good for like 25 points. So I yeah. don't really think it's tough to debate that James is the number one. Also, I'd be remiss if I failed to mention – I really like the way he's improved his defense this year. I know it's gotten a lot of attention how in like this rocket small ball scheme, he can hold his own against switches in the post. And sometimes they even have a matched up on power forwards and centers. But I also think yeah. unless it's, unless it's against like the quickest guards in the NBA, I think he holds his own on the perimeter too. He's got tremendous hands. He gets his hands in passing lanes. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA right now. Maybe I put Ben Simmons ahead of him, but, um, He's great at sort of intercepting those long outlet passes down the court, like the football passes. He's just got a knack for getting into passing lanes and getting deflections and steals. So He's been a steal leader in the past, hasn't he? I don't know about this season, but... Yeah, that's a good point. I bet he has. I'm pretty sure. Because I remember... Like, people used to talk trash about his defense a lot. Like, there was those clips of him just, like, (laughs) go by and stuff. But, like, I remember in those seasons, he was actually, like either leading or, like, one of the top steals per game players in the league. Yeah, same with Steph Curry. People give Steph crap about his defense, but he was, like, he, he I think I think he was in, like, the same position where he was, like, one of the league leaders in steals, too. Yeah. But it's okay. Okay. I agree with that take on James Harden. What? I agree with that take on James Harden. I don't think you can argue that. I feel like he's, like, the hardest shooting guard to stop and one of the hardest players to stop, but there's definitely no shooting guard that's touching him on that. Yeah, he'll literally score at will. Like, there's no stopping him from having at least a decent game or, like, at least yeah. a minor to significant impact in every game he plays. Yeah, because especially if you have a guy who can get to the free throw line like that, it doesn't really matter if his shot's going in. Yeah. To the line. Exactly. Especially when he's one of the best free throw shooters in the NBA, too. Yeah. 
He's just a super annoying person to play, and I don't really like him either. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, only because he gets it. I don't know. He just – I don't know. He always turns it up against the Warriors, you know, because they're, like, the best team in basketball. Yeah. Okay, Janet, who's your number two? Or who's your number one? Actually, did you kind of speak for all of us? Yeah, I think we all had James Harden, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, so my number two is – you kind you guys kind of talked me into Paul George at shooting guard, and if I had included him in my list, I think he probably would have been number two, but yeah. I did not. And the guy included is none other than Devin Booker. Who, that, that would have been uh, my number two without PG. Yeah, who has exploded since the NBA season restarted? Obviously, yeah. the Suns are the bubble champions right now at four yeah. now, thinking maybe they can work their way into some sort of playoff game. And Devin Booker has obviously been a big part of that. He is their best player, of course. He is their lead ball hand. Well, yeah, he has spends a lot of time with the ball in his hands on offense. The reason that I'm a big Devin Booker fan, as opposed to, to like, obviously I like Bradley Beal. The reason I like Devin Booker better is just the versatility he has on offense. Like, obviously he's got the three-point shot. He's a terrific score from three he was in the three-point contest so obviously he can shoot the crap out of the ball but when you work your way inside he's got all he's a he's a great ball handler like he can work his way to sort of step backs and he can use his handles to create shots he also uses his size and strength to create shots Devin Booker out of all the guys on this list is probably one of if not the best post player like against smaller guards which he's usually matched up against he can back him down he, he's very, very good from like 10 to 15 feet where he can shoot those sort of like post fadeaways over guys, um, almost like a DeMar DeRozan-esque shot. And so, yeah, pretty much for that reason, the versatility on offense is why I love Devin Booker. Um, he hasn't played very good defense to this point in his career, but I think he has like the physical tools and the size that when the Suns actually start competing in games that matter, I think Devin Booker will be able to be one of those guys who can ramp it up on defense. And so I'm not overly worried about that yet. Um, so yeah, that's why I have Devin Booker at number two. Yeah, for sure. And he's, he's also one of those sneaky athletes. I feel like, like he, he looks kind of casual and then he'll just like dunk on a guy and we're not really expecting it. Yeah. He's got some explosion to him. Yeah. I think he'll definitely continue to develop defensively catch up with his offense and then another thing that i forgot to mention which is one of the biggest parts of his game too is he's one of the best guys on this list at cutting too like oh, he's, yeah. like this kind of feeds into what channon was saying about his sneaky athleticism like um he'll like start at the wing and sort of explode to the basket and then rubio will give him the ball and he can like explode for like athletic finishes like sometimes he dunks it um he's really good at those like reverse layups too so yeah. he's just uses his cuts to create those explosive finishes at the rim. Yeah, Clay yeah. Thompson's definitely the second best point guard in the league. Okay. I thought of Clay yeah. when he was talking about cutting off the ball because I think Clay's probably the best at that moving yeah. off the ball. That's yeah. fair. I don't know. I've just he's like one of the only people that I've watched play a lot and like I don't know. He's so good. He's so good. I know I've given this spiel a few times before, but I'm just Again, so worried about what Clay's gonna look like coming off his injury because obviously he's, he's got fine, dude. he's got great size. He's probably got one of the best, best shots in NBA history. Got quick, high, fast release. 
but I just have trouble seeing how he's going to generate like the volume of shots when he's like less explosive as an athlete, a little bit slower, not generating as much space coming out of screens because he doesn't like get by him that fast. Like I have no problem imagining him hitting 45% of the three-pointer attempts. I just don't see how he gets more than like, I don't see how he gets up to the volume he had before from beyond the arc. I don't I think, think he, you know, he, he doesn't have to get from, he doesn't have to make shots from beyond the arc to have an impact in the game. His like mid range has been improving and his finishing has sure, yeah. been improving That's as his like cool. careers went on. Of course. But if we're talking about Clay Thompson as the second best shooting guard in the league, I think you kind of need that three point shot to be in full effect in order for that. Yeah, for possible. sure. And, and with the injury, he might lose some of his explosiveness, which will make it harder. Cause he's a player who like, like I was saying, he's great off the ball coming off screens. That's how he get a lot, gets a lot of his open looks. And so if he loses some of that explosiveness, he might lose some of those looks. But, you know, you never know. Only time will tell. Yeah. We'll just only have to see. Tell. Yeah. And then, like, for the rest of the guys, I, only, I, don't really, I don't really watch them play a lot, you know? So it's like a toss-up for me. I just like their big names in the NBA. So I don't really know. Yeah. After this, it's basically... I guess, should I get into numero trace? Yeah, who'd you yeah. have? Bradley Beal. I mentioned this guy before. He's one of the NBA's premier scorers. In fact, I think he was number two. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sucks from watching the Wizards struggle this year. Obviously, they dealt with a ton of injuries, but he still has got it. Um, he got snubbed from the All Star game, and he kind of seemed oh, so to, bad, dude. Yeah, he seemed to take it personally, and he kind of went on a scoring binge after that. He was yeah. dropping 40 point games on the regular yeah um, he gets it done from everywhere on the court yeah he can do everything offensively for sure yeah for sure um yeah it's just gonna be nice seeing johnny come back next year oh yeah and maybe the wizards can play some competitive basketball again yeah yeah but yeah it's hard to ignore a guy who can put up 31 points a game on high efficiency so yeah, he's nice yeah Okay, who's your number four? Number four, I had a guy who, it's kind of a cliche at this point to say this guy's the most underrated player in the league, but he does go underappreciated in my opinion, and that's Drew Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. So often we talk about guys like Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal and like Steph Curry who can kind of transcend a game with just elite scoring and just kind of take over a game offensively. But Drew Holiday is a guy who can completely cancel that out on the other end by being one of the best defenders in the league. And it just somehow doesn't get the same recognition. But I think out of the guys on this list, he's obviously the best defender. He's so quick. He's so strong. He's probably the toughest guy to screen in the NBA. Like he gets over every screen. It's just so ridiculous. And then sometimes when he decides to go under the screen, you'll the offensive player will think they have an angle to the basket coming off the screen and like bam there drew holiday is like he understands the angles so perfectly it's just so impossible to score on this guy um on the offensive end he is a decent shooter he can he can he can have the ball in his hands a little bit like this is a guy who's played point guard at times in his career so you know he's passable with the ball in his hands, he's a probably he's a less dynamic offensive player than he was at points in his career. Like he's not a guy who you're just gonna um, who you're gonna trust ISO to get you a bucket, but he's more than capable on offense and 
that combined with the defense is enough to make him number four, in my opinion. Where's my uh, boy Donovan Mitchell on your list? He's coming up. Is he in Dude, top I, five? He's not top five. Oh, I don't know about Drew Holiday at four. Yeah, Donovan right. Mitchell's a savage, dude. Is I think Jim Donovan Mitchell. Are we considering than Jimmy Drew. Butler a shooting guard or a small forward? I have him as a small forward. Okay. Yeah. But I am very high on another Miami Heat shooting guard. Tyler? No, the other one. Oh, I have no idea. Duncan. Bro. <laughs> Who? This, are these shooting guards like based on this season only? I don't know. NBA can be whatever you want. So weird these days. It's kind of just. It's almost like a matter of opinion. What position you think a guy plays? I feel like so. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, hybrid like, players. Or I mean, like, um, just this list. Is it oh, based the list. On yeah, I, I. Oh, sorry, I didn't explain this to you, but um, I always do it like if there was going to be a season starting tomorrow, who would I want on my team? Okay, you want. Um, you want Trey Young, Dylan Brooks, yep. OG Ananobi, of course, Pascal Siakam, and uh, Brooke Lopez, right? Lopez. That's your dream lineup. That's, That's his dream, dream lineup. Maybe putting Drew instead of Dylan. Dylan's been letting me down. You can't keep changing. You got to stay loyal. Ride or die with your lineup, Jonah. Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> All right, Chan. Let, Most ridiculous uh, thing. Tell me, why you, tell me why you disagree with Drew. No, I guess I'm looking at it now. I guess there's not really a better option. I mean, there are a few <laughs> guys who I, I would be okay with taking. Like, there, I would say, yeah, there are definitely some names down there. Honestly? Well, I mean, not anymore. But I, I, would, I would take a healthy Victor Oladipo over that for sure. But Okay, yeah. He yeah, kind of had yeah. a rough return, it seemed like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I guess that's not that. No, so where are we at in your and are we like Jaden? Where are we at in your list? Like, I, 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 did you even say any? Me, I've agreed with the takes. So oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. This is the first one where I was like not totally sold. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, okay. If if Jimmy Butler's a small forward, then I'm okay with Drew Holiday at four. Okay, sounds good. Number five is a guy we've already talked about, Clay Thompson, for me. It's just well, at least he's top five. Yeah. I just have a hard he before he got injured, he was the second best shooting guard in the NBA. And now I just have a hard time imagining what he's gonna look like coming back off the injury. But um the shot's still gonna be there. He's still got size, so if nothing else, he'll he'll not he won't be a pushover defensively, and I think he can get back to above average. So it's hard not to like what Clay brings to the table. Yep. He's an absolute beast. Yeah. Different six. At number six, I went with my boy CJ McCollum. Yeah, I actually did too. Yeah. Um CJ McCollum's game is just so incredibly smooth. Like when you yeah. talk about insane ball handling, I think CJ's gotta be at the top of that list. He crosses guys up pretty much every time he gets the ball. Yeah, and it's it's like quiet though, like it's slept on because oh yeah, super flashy with it, and he doesn't like 
like he's so smooth like you said it's not like he's exploding out of it and all that like it's just he's so crafty yeah and um it was against the rockets i want to say daniel house might have been the guy guarding him it was either house or mclemore and dame threw him the outlet pass that was like a full court outlet pass cj caught it dribble step back boom boom probably generated like eight feet of space between him and his defender yeah. just off of like two dribbles um yeah he, He's so good at creating space off the dribble. That's probably, aside from the shooting, obviously, that's probably my biggest compliment for CJ is the amount of space he can create just off yeah. his ball handling alone. Um, the thing I, the thing that really like took CJ from like really good to awesome in my mind was when we saw him this year without Damian Lillard. I think for sure. a couple weeks of games. Um, the Magic one is the one that stood out in my head the longest and it's that was the performance that really sold me on like if cj mccollum was to like have his own team he could be like a, a top 15 point guard in the nba like yeah not only it, he's not a secondary playmaker like he's a primary playmaker he, yeah. he happens to play next to one of the best point guards in the nba but whatever happened he, to mo bamba mo bamba he plays he plays he, still plays. Yeah. he, he, he put on some weight he put on Did 20 pounds of I haven't seen of muscle. Him. He got the coronavirus and he's missing oh, out. Yikes. Yeah. That's terrible. He had it he had it before the bubble started, and so he's had a tough time getting back into shape. So they've been playing Kim Birch over him for the most part. But damn. Yeah. 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 Get back Florida's him. crazy hotspot. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like CJ McCollum, great playmaker, great shooter, awesome ball handling. Very good player. He's got good hands too. Yeah, good hands, sneaky good hands on defense. That's yeah. a good point. Um, what do you have at seven, Mitchell? Yep, at seven we're getting the Kellens boy, Donovan Mitchell. Um, my favorite player besides Clay Thompson. He's pretty much. Yeah, he's. I don't want to see his discount CJ, but him and CJ offensively bring a lot. I would of take people. Donovan Mitchell over CJ McCollum for sure. For sure. Why though? Because he's yeah, way know. more explosive. Yeah, but how far does that really get you? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's more fun to watch. It is. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> fair, but. dude. Because I don't know. He. I don't. Whenever he plays, well, like whenever, whenever I watch him play, he's always he either drains threes or he's driving to the hoop, and no one wants to get in front of that guy. The yeah. one's gonna put you on the, a poster. The one thing that could elevate Donovan Mitchell ahead of CJ McCollum, in my opinion, is defense. Like, obviously, he's a tremendous athlete. He's got very good size for the shooting guard position. He, If he could play consistently really good defense, which he, I know he's capable of, that yeah. would love CJ. But he just doesn't – he's a little bit underwhelming there. He doesn't oft, He doesn't get into, like, a stance and lock in as much as mm. I would hope. He's kind of okay yeah. with a little bit. I just feel like – if I had to pick, like, cause, like, if C, so, say Dame was hurt or something, and you just had, you could have a choice between like Donovan Mitchell or CJ to keep you in a game. I don't think I would keep CJ, cause I feel like CJ sometimes. I don't even know. I could be t- like talking out of my ass right now, but I feel like he's sometimes a slow starter, and like I feel like Do- Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I just would have more faith in him. Putting sure, I think it's CJ all day. Yeah, I'd I take know. CJ too. I think Colin made an interesting point. Like CJ often times like he definitely plays his best basketball towards the end of the season and he's yeah. kind of known for like heating up for the playoffs um 
But if I had to have a if I had to pick a guy that was gonna like score forty points, I would pick Donovan Mitchell over CJ McCollum. I would pick CJ McCollum because he just gets his shot off in a better variety of ways. Yeah. yeah, and also like you were talking about Jonah, he can distribute the ball exceptionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be a ten assist guy if he wanted to. Yeah, and play with game. And so I guess now we're on to number eight, and I will say um, if. I had put Jalen Brown on this list. I put Jalen Brown as a small forward, but he would have been right here on my list. Right. Behind okay, me. good. So, Jalen um, Brown's sick. Yeah. But at number eight, with, in the absence of Jalen Brown, I went with a guy who took a huge step forward this year, and that's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. From <laughs> he's a bucket. The, uh, yeah, he's a bucket. He is. Uh, he is just so imaginative on offense. Like He is one of those guys who if you like if if you like if i didn't know who he was i would have thought he'd been in the league for eight or nine years because he's that sort of like he's that mature on offense already like he unlike a guy like john morant he's just going 100 percent all the time shea gill just alexander kind of casually comes off the pick and roll kind of works his way through the mid-range he goes so slowly um Kind of reminds me of CP3 a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's just so deliberate, and he's yeah, maybe he's so like, like taking a lot of notes from CP3. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah, CP3 is one of those guys who definitely could be like a great coach or something. Yeah, but like yeah, Shea is just such a like deliberate player. Um, he's got one of the things I always notice about him is out of all the players in the NBA, he has the best like handles in like a super confined space. Like, yeah. He can be boxed in by like two defenders off the pick and roll, like if they trap him or whatever. And um, like he can like get his way out of it and put up some floater. And he's got he's got a great like soft touch on his floaters, and he gets that shot to drop a lot too. Um, yeah, he's been working on a step back three, which has gone in more often as the seasons progress. I think he's an above average three point shooter at this point in his career already. That's what I was going to ask. I wasn't sure about that. I want to look up his. And if he's below average, I bet a lot of it is because he does like sort of take those tough off the dribble shots. Like he's far from like a catch and shoot. Um, yeah. The shot will develop too though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it looks good. Like as a young player, I don't really care how much the shot goes in as much as like, does the shot look good? And is he confident shooting? And Shea is definitely confident and the shots looking pure. So I have no concern about whether or not it will fall eventually. Yeah. On the defensive end, I definitely see Shea as a guy who would be capable of guarding the best, the, the best offensive player or the best offensive guard on the opposing team. I want to say he's six, 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 five, six, six, he's six, five, six, five. Yeah. Six five, I uh, I think he's got a plus wingspan. Like he's a long kid. He's quick on his feet. Um, like yeah, he's pretty much everything you'd want for at least um for like a, the profile of a defensive shooting guard. So yeah, I think so there's a lot crazy. To, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about Shea. Was he uh was he league fits MVP? Do you remember Jonah? Shoot. Ah, oh, that's a good question. He was up there. He was first team. I'm trying to remember. I think you're right, though. I think he was MVP. Which getting that, I think that has to, I think that has to work. Now, Loki might bump him up a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, Shea's definitely a guy who I, even though he plays for one of my least favorite teams, I like him. Least favorite teams? You don't like the Thunder? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Thunder guy. Why is that? I don't know, because they're in our division. and we just, That's fair, yeah. And we just played them in the playoffs, so that's the sort of thing that takes a couple yeah. of years to get over. Yeah, that makes sense. So... Kellen, are you ready to, for me to move on to nine? <laughs> yeah, I thought I yeah, you just keep moving on, Joe. Okay. So at number nine, I have a guy who up to this point, maybe besides Drew Holiday, is the best two-way player. And that those, you guys are gonna be surprised, but I've got Marcus Smart all the way up here at <laughs> nine. I don't know. I know Marcus That's Smart. That's kind of crazy. Guy. He's one of those guys people love to hate, but he's also one of those guys. Wait, who, can you name all the ones you've said so far? Yeah, so I've gone James Harden, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, CJ McCollum, Donovan Mitchell, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and now Marcus Smart. I feel like there's a lot more guys that are better than Marcus Smart. Do you want to list off a few? Let me look (laughs) it up. Let me look some up. Okay. They're much better offensive players. Yeah, okay. Yeah, offensive players. Yeah. I just value Marcus's defense quite a bit. But if you're a shooting guard, don't you want to score? Dude, I got to take DeMar DeRozan over Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah, that's, for sure. That's fair. I had DeMar as a small forward, or else I probably would have taken him. But, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'm, I'm taking Zach Levine over him, too. Yeah, I was just Hell about to say no. that. I was just about oh, to say sure. that. Oh, for sure. Hell no. It's going to be a minute before we I was just about to say that. <laughs> it's going to be a – Zach might be an hour later in this program, for me, <laughs> to be honest. Oh my god, oh, dude! Angry. I don't know about Marcus Smart. But you think Marcus Smart's better than Lou Williams? Oh yeah, yeah. Lou Williams fell off this year. Lou is. Yeah, Lou is I'm taking Marcus Smart over Lou. You said you're not taking him. No, I am. Oh yeah, yeah. Put him over. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of just like a Draymond that can Which shoot is, more. You love you love Draymond. Hmm. You love yeah. Draymond. Yeah, Marcus Smart's basically Draymond Green. I agree with that, and I think that's a beautiful thing. So I'll take uh, Buddy Heald over Marcus Smart. Ooh, I don't know if even Luke Walton would take Buddy Heald over. Marcus <laughs> Smart. But the thing I love, Marcus, Marcus wait, what about Smart. D'Angelo Russell? Does he count? As I put him in guard? my I put him in my point guard rankings last show. But if I had him as a shooting guard, I'd take him over Marcus. But yeah. it would be actually, yeah, I'd take him. I over would 100% over. take him over Mark. Marcus is looking <laughs> bum. It, it would be close, but I'd go deal over Marcus, I guess. The thing I love about Marcus, though, is just how locked in he is on defense. He's constantly applying the pressure. He gets in guys' face. He he shuts people down. Um, he draws charges. He puts it. He dives for loose balls. He puts it on the line like every night for his team. He's just one of those winning players. Um, and then on offense, like, is he the best shooter in the world? He's not the best shooter. Is he a league average shooter? Like he's not even league average, but does he, <laughs> does he shoot confidently? And I would definitely say Marcus Smart checks that box. And the reason I think that is so important because if you shoot confidently and if you're not afraid to just launch, like your defender's going to guard you and you're going to be spacing the floor. And so at that point, 
like what really is the difference between 34% and 37%? Like, I think that's just splitting hairs for me. As long as you yeah, 34% is what he's shooting. So yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So as long as you're, as long as your defenders out there guarding you, I don't really care. Like he doesn't have to be JJ Redick. Like, as long well, as he's not, so as long as he can have his defender respect him, as long as he's not afraid of shooting, I'm okay with that. And he's been their backup point guard this year too. Like I think he's been a better backup point guard for them than Brad Wanamaker. Like he can definitely create with his ball in the hand in in his hands. Wait, so what number are you saying he is? I had him at number nine on my list. I just can't do that, dude. I can't say he's yeah. top ten shooting. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Jonah just has his guys, and if it's controversial, that's so true. be it. He likes he likes to add a little bit of controversy. I mess with that though. Yeah, that's cool. But he's a freaking bomb. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I only really remember him from when the Ducks played Oklahoma State in the um in the tournament. He was he was Oklahoma State's guy. Oh, he was Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. A few, of these guys, a few of these guys are like on the Oregon Duck hit list because we're going to get to Buddy Heald later and that might bring back some bad memories. Yeah, Buddy Heald went off that game. He had like 40 plus points. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah I'm thinking Bogdanovich over Marcus Smart. Okay, I like that. I like that, actually. I They're in the same tier for me. So that means Bogdan Bogdanovich is top 10. I'm perfect. He's, <laughs> he's nine. I'm, I'm perfect. Bogdan's I'm perfect. top. <laughs> Dan and I am perfectly okay if you want to put Bogdan in your top ten. I am. <laughs> I like him a lot. That's awesome. He's got a strap. He's got a what? Strap. He can shoot it. Yeah. He just dropped like thirty something. Yeah, against the Pels. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was helping us out a little bit. But I just, yeah, respect for that. Packing the Pell's suitcases for him. You know what? I didn't realize that Andre Goodall is still playing because, like, he got traded to the Grizzlies, right? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. He or he got picked up, and now he's on the. How did the Heat pick him up? Was there uh, another trade? Justice Winslow and James Johnson for him. Oh, and Dion Waiters. Are the Heat like actually in the picture in the East or what? Oh yeah, I like the Heat a lot. Me too. Uh, we'll probably okay. talk about the, we'll probably talk about him when we get to our NBA playoff preview. But I've got some hot takes on the mic. Are we going to do that tonight? Oh, I think I think the shooting guard list will take up enough time. But we can do we we should do it once the brackets officially come out, and we can do our playoff predictions and previews. It just really sucks that the best team in basketball is not playing right now. Well, I mean, I think just. Just because Giannis hasn't been playing like substantial minutes, I don't. I'm not ready to say the Bucks aren't the best team anymore. Shut up, dude. Hey, Channing, you think that the uh, Warriors can get back to where they get back to tied up contention next year? Next year? Yeah. Uh no. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ask every guest that comes on that question, and everybody's gonna say no. Except um, can, I move, can I move on to my number ten now? Yeah. Are you guys are you guys ready for the bombshell? Yeah. Number ten, Duncan Robinson. All right, let's hear um, why. Duncan Robinson, um, just finished having the best shooting season in NBA history. He's shooting. I will here. Let me look this up. But I want to say he's shooting damn near fifty percent on eight attempts a game, which is just insane. And like fifty. 
percent on eight attempts a game, that means you're making about four a game. That means you're making about 12 points a game on threes. Like that may not sound like a whole lot, but the thing about Duncan Robinson having being the best shooter, and, and I'm not afraid to say Duncan Robinson is the best shooter in the NBA right now. And the thing about Duncan being the best shooter in the NBA is that defenses have to have at least one guy locked on him at all times. Cause you're, you're obviously like, the Heat, Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches in the NBA, one of the best play designers in the NBA for my money, runs Duncan Robinson off of so many screens on every possession. The Miami Heat are obviously a very like dribble handoff heavy team with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And so the thing about that is like when you've got Duncan's guy chasing him around off screens up automatically like diverts the defense's eye and like puts a big chunk of their attention on one guy because like they a lot of times Steve defenses are throwing some of their best guys at Duncan and then also when he comes off screens that takes the big man out of play for a second too or whoever's setting the screen that takes their defender out of play because they've got to hedge the screen so basically what Duncan Robinson um does it warps and bends the defense so much that it's almost it's almost incalculable, like how much it can benefit the Heat offense, and it just opens the offense up for like Jimmy Butler to ISO or like for Bam Adebayo to have a post up, because Duncan Robinson is on the other side of the court, like wreaking havoc on the defense, and I just think that's such a valuable um, asset. There's that- so many good young players on the Heat right now, actually. Yeah, for sure. Because didn't you have like Kendrick Nunn and one of your top point guards? Not one of my top point guards, but he. Cracked the top forty-five. Which okay, I and thought you were got, higher up. My uh, so basically, what I'm hearing is he's the best shooter in the league. <laughs> best shooter in the league. <laughs> I, if you wanted to say that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree. No, but that's it. Like, I'm confused about what else he's got. Oh, the best shooter in the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what he's got. That's pretty much it. Like, he's not a he's not a well-rounded player. I'm not going to fight you on that. On defense, like... Dude, what is he, your criteria? He's... What do you mean? Like, like I mean, obviously... Because isn't the... At the beginning, you said, like, it's a guy that you want to have good defense. And then, like, and on like, offense... Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell you Duncan Robinson should be making any all-NBA defense teams. Like, he's not the quickest... But he's guy. your number 10. Yeah, he's not a guy who you're going to be throwing on the best offensive player on the other team. But like this, like this is something that gets overlooked with Duncan Robinson. Like he's six feet six inches. Like he's a tall, long guy. Like he's just because he's not the fastest, not the most athletic. He's not a pushover on defense. Like teams aren't singling him out and picking on him like they would a Trey Young. Like, hey, Jonah, are you going to watch UFC tomorrow? UFC, um, maybe you should at least watch the main event. Hey, Chana, do you watch the UFC at all? No. Oh man, I think if it's on ESPN, you should watch it. At least the at least the heavy the heavyweights are always so much fun to watch. It never gets out of the first <laughs> round, bro. All right, Shannon, I want to hear you rip into Duncan Robinson all of it. Um, I just don't think I can put him over like Zach Levine, dude. Because oh, you yeah, haven't Zach even heard that people like put over Zach Levine. Because Duncan Robinson is the best shooter in the league, apparently. I mean, <laughs> season 
But, I mean, Seth Curry, hasn't he been the best shooter in the league in a season? On less volume, though, and on easier attempts. Like, if you watch some of the attempts Duncan Robinson is taking, it's, like, insane. He's Because, like, think about running off a screen, getting the handoff. Like, you're facing the sideline. Set set your feet um, towards the basket. Defender flying in your face drills it. And that's what probably I would say a good 60% of his attempts are. I'm not going to lie, dude. I did that all season in City League. And he's, <laughs> and he's, and he's drilling them. And and he's, his length has stretched out as the season has. That's true. He, and being 6'6 six, six is a big deal. With what, high, fast release. Uh, I, can't, I can't take him over Zach Levine, dude. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him guarding like. CJ McCollum. Okay, you. But would you trust Zach Levine guarding CJ McCollum more than Duncan Robinson? Wow, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I think you can say a lot of nice things about Zach Levine. I think defense might might not be on the top of that list, but That's I can true, definitely. But I, I mean, he's definitely a better playmaker than Duncan Robinson. He's a he's a more well-rounded offensive player than Duncan. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a guy who's like like a a one-hit wonder on offense. I can't put him in the top ten. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Jonah, have you watched film on all sixty-three guys that you've watched that you've listed? Yeah, of course. Holy shit! <laughs> that's well, insane. I mean, like I watched the games, and then obviously when I went and made this list, I looked back at like stats and. For some of the guys, I watched a little film. But. That's so Should crazy. I, I'm going to move on to number 12 now. Number 12 is a guy who I just think kind of goes under the radar because he plays for a mediocre team in a small market, and that's Evan Fournier. I think Evan Fournier. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think Evan Fournier. I actually Fournier, like that. Evan Fournier is a bucket. He's, yeah. He's got a player option for the summer. Um, because of the uncertainty with COVID, he's probably going to opt in. So we're probably not going to see him on a new team next year. He's probably still going to be on Orlando. But Evan Fournier, like what really can you say about him? He's a great shooter. Like I think he's 38 or 39% from beyond the arc. Uh, he's great from the mid-range when he's got the ball in his hands. He's one of those guys who can shot fake a couple dribbles into like an elbow jumper, and he's super good at that. Um He's not a playmaker, but he's a smart guy who keeps the ball moving yeah. on offense when he needs to. Yeah, uh, He's solid enough defensively. I just think you could do a lot worse for your starting shooting guard than Evan Fournier. I want to see him on a different team, though. Yeah, me too. Me too. Callan, thoughts on any, any Evan Fournier thoughts? I don't know who the hell any of these players are. <laughs> so like <That's> okay. <laughs> I'm not qualified to talk I guess we'll move on to number um, 13 who was a guy Shannon brought up earlier and I'm personally in the Bogdan Bogdanovich fan club wait have you I, said DeMar DeRozan yet or is that I, a different I, position yeah I had him as a small forward but oh, if, he okay. was a sh- if he was a shooting guard I would have had him 8th right behind Donovan Mitchell or maybe him and Donovan Mitchell is actually a tough debate, but I'll would, take Donovan Mitchell over. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably take Donovan Mitchell just because the three ball is a big yeah. Demar Derozan's low-key getting washed a little bit. He's still solid, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So <laughs> He's yeah, getting number, what? 
washed. Oh. So what are what are we at now? Is this this is number twelve? So I at number twelve, I would take Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like, like um, like Shannon said, Bogdan is just a wired to score. Yeah, uh, he, dude, I put a I put a lyric in a song about Bogdanovich. Oh really? Yeah, that's kind of fire. That's it. What's the like, what's what is it? Uh, he said he needs a release like Bogdanovich. Oh nice. That's nice. Yeah, it's cool. Were you referencing Bogdan or Boyan, though? <laughs> Bogdan. Good man. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, Bogdan from three. He's good. He's he's a great un, – he's an underrated finisher around the rim, too. Like, he's a pretty big guy. Um, he's got good touch, so he can definitely go up and finish around the rim. Um, he's obviously a great shooter, whether it's catch and shoot or um, off the bounce. He's, yeah. He's deep too um yeah you can take it off the bounce dude yeah yeah just towards the end of the year um luke walton like we were joking about earlier he benched buddy healed and threw bogdan into the starting lineup and yeah. ever since then bogdan has not looked back um yeah like he's uh, he's one of those shooting guards too who likes to have the ball in his hands like yeah most of those kings second units um that he played with for a majority of the year. We're running Corey Joseph, who as solid as he is on defense, isn't necessarily like a, a dynamic player on offense. And so Bogdan would have to relieve Corey of a lot of those duties. And he's more than capable of that. And so, yeah, just the offensive firepower is why I have Bogdan. Corey Joseph is a bomb. Yeah. He's speaking, speaking of guys who might be a little bit washed. Yeah. Whew. He's trash. All right. So moving on, are you ready for 13, Shannon? I'm ready, yeah. This is a guy who I've been very impressed with as this season's moved along. Um, Karis Levert of the I like that. Um, speaking of guys who we want to see on another team, I'd love yeah. to see Karis Levert move on. Like with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And yeah, I don't see him fitting, really. Yeah, and if you've got Spencer Dinwiddie, too, coming off the True, bench, yeah, like, yeah. Might just be a little too many cooks in the kitchen for the Brooklyn Nets, but Karis Levert's a young guy with a lot of potential. Um, his signature play is obviously when he comes off that pick to kind of snake the pick and roll and take that free throw line jumper, and he's yeah really worked that shot into like the crown jewel of his game, and he hits. Does he it. shoot the three really? Yeah, he's kind of a disappointing three point shooter. I think he's like covered That's around league average, but he. He can he can definitely shoot it, and he's such a good free throw shooter that usually if you can hit the free throws, the threes will follow. So I'm not come, yeah, yeah. Even though he hasn't like been a world beater from beyond the arc, I'm not too worried about him going forward. He's great with the ball in his hands. He's got a good handle on him. He can. He's not a exceptional playmaker, but he can find open teammates when he needs to. And so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he had a big game this season, didn't he? Yeah, against Boston. Um, I want to say he scored like 40-some points in the fourth yeah. quarter overtime combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. I like that. What was that, 13? Yeah, that was number 13. So now we'll move on to 14 and a guy who I think <laughs> is another one of the most underrated players in the NBA, Norman Powell of the Toronto <laughs> Raptors who is quietly averaging here. I'm going to look this up because I think he's gotten over 20 points a game this year. 
Actually, uh, here I'm doing a quick fact check. Uh, let's see. Norman Powell. Dude, he's only he's only at sixteen points a game, so he's he's a little bit shy of twenty points a game. But Norman <laughs> Powell comes off the Raptors bench. He's he's really good with the ball in his hands. He's through the years he's really increased his three point efficiency. He's now an above average shooter from beyond the arc, which is big for him. He's a good athlete. He can guard the best guard on the other team, which I mentioned is something I like. He's not, he's not one of those guys like a Devin Booker or Bradley Beal, obviously who will, if you put the ball in the, you're in, if you put the ball in like Devin Booker's hands, he's going to give you an average or above average offense. Norman Powell's not that guy. But if you put the ball in his hands, he's at least going to give you a shot. And so, um, you're taking him over Zach Levine. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I've said it. I've said it before. I'm not a big Zach guy. Um, and I think Norman playing in the Raptors system, he's only going to improve. Um, so yeah. How long has he been in the league? Shoot, four years. I want to say four years. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Hey, I'll where's Jordan Poole in your list? five years um jordan Poole received an honorable mention and that's only because i knew you'd want to talk about him at the yeah. end so he didn't crack the top 45 but I wrote, his, I wrote i wrote his name down my boy um Shannon, is there anyone whose name you'd like to throw out at number 14 who was did you was that your 14 or yeah norm was my 14 <laughs> i'm still taking zach levine if he's not higher okay Number 15. Is Zach Levine a good shooter? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, he's a good shooter. So um, he's good at everything then? Not, not, not defense. defense. Not being – he's a terrible – he's a – Okay, we'll get, you know what confuses me? Though. So, like, what makes someone bad at defense? You know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like – Effort. Effort is effort. the main thing for me. And Zach Levine does not show a quarter of the effort. But that, if you're a but, freak athlete like him, coaches are willing to put up with it. I mean, no, his coach doesn't put up with it. Zach Levine's been benched multiple times this year. By <laughs> Has he actually? Yeah. I, I think if no you put, I think if you put Zach Levine on a team like the Heat, he'll play defense. Probably Maybe. because he'd be either, struggling for either minutes. Either that or Pat Riley would kill him before the year was over. <laughs> <laughs> if you put him on a better team, he'd probably have to play defense, right? Something with, I mean, you'd hope so. He, he wouldn't you'd have as much so, playing time. If you, you don't know, but that hasn't happened, and I think there's a reason that Zach Levine hasn't been on a winning team. But we'll we'll get to he that. Who was later. on the Timberwolves or what? Who was he on? Yeah, yeah he was on the Timberwolves, and then he got traded to the um, Bulls as part of that Jimmy Butler deal. So, oh yeah, we'll get to him later. Number fifteen, a guy who I probably am a little biased towards. One of my favorite players in the NBA. That's JJ Redick. Um, oh. he, he's kind of like the. <laughs> He, he was Duncan Robinson before Duncan Robinson was a thing. Just, I think... Before Duncan Robinson was born. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that really made me realize how good J.J. Redick actually was... Oh, is, wait, Duncan Robinson's white. Yeah. Oh. That's why you made the J.J. Redick. Oh, okay. I, th- I, I was thinking he was a completely different they, Oh, wait, play- I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen him... And in doing an interview before, I do know who this is. He's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's Duncan. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. Oh, I remember. He's on Michigan. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to lie, Jonah. Yeah. With your lighting right now, you low-key look like Duncan Robinson. 
That's fine. That's that's the best compliment you could. <laughs> um, yeah, he's cool. I like him too. With during an intramural game this year, some some kid on another team called me Duncan Robinson. And it, is, he, is he a lefty? Is he a lefty? Yeah. Uh, I think he's a righty. But uh-huh. there was yeah, there was some black kid, and he was like, "Look out for Duncan Robinson over there." And I was just like, that is the best compliment I've ever got. Uh, during a City League game, someone called me LeBron James. No, I'm just kidding. So I'd say that's, wow. like, that's slightly <laughs> that's less cool than Duncan Robinson, but <laughs> I'd still uh, Yeah, JJ Redick is a washed-up bum. Who I'm- shoots 45% from deep. And <laughs> he's, he's, so he's, roasted. As quick, he's as quick as he ever is. Like, he... He's like Duncan. He he warps the. Defense. I don't think, I don't think he can like. I don't think he can pass the three point line with the ball. In a good way. He he doesn't need to. For me, he doesn't need to. I will take Gary Trent Jr. over him. Okay, we'll get into Gary too, because Gary, I had I had to use all of my willpower to not put Gary way higher on my list, but Dude, no, I'm taking. If I'm if I'm building a team right now, there is no chance I put yeah. I take JJ Redick over Gary mm-hmm. Trent unless I have like five hundred thousand dollars left and I just need someone to be a voice in the locker room. I think that's a good point. Like if I'm starting a franchise, I want Gary Trent. But if I just want to win a game tomorrow, I'd probably put JJ. Well, tomorrow, I'm taking Gary Trent all day. Okay. I'm taking Jordan JJ, Poole. JJ Redick might give you like three threes. Like and. He just is such a high IQ player on offense. Like he's never in the wrong place on offense. He's always in the right place. He's a sneaky good cutter. Like he knows he knows how to le- he knows how to leverage like his three point shots into easy attempts at the rim. He probably gets like two or three layups a game just based off of how good he is on a cutter as a cutter. He's a terrible defender. I'll give you that. He's yeah, probably, dude. He's probably one of the worst defensive players in the league. Um, Hey, yeah, Jordan Poole, I'm looking at his stat. He really did actually turn it up later in the season. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was playing on a team. Yeah, it was. Nobody. Yeah, hmm? it was. He is um, a nobody, though. They really let, right. Jordan, they really let Jordan Poole um, explore the studios. Don't even say the they were playing. That Those nobodies are going to become the depth, the second line that's going to take us to the final. Dude, that's so. low-key a valuable season, though, because. I know. It's true. Um Jordan Jordan Poole wasn't even the best young warrior shooting guard this year. Who's that one dude? I'm taking Michael Mulder over him every day. Who's yeah, the I didn't one? Really see. Anthony Toscano Anderson, the the Hispanic. No, yeah, who's the good. guy who like was is actually like good? Alec no. Burks. Eric Pascal. Burks got Eric traded. Pascal. Who's the guy that I think he gave the Blazers buckets? Yeah, Eric Alec. Pascal. No, it's Eric Pascal. No, Pascal's not a sh- not a shooting guard though. No, I don't think it was a shooting guard. Oh, you're definitely thinking of Eric Pascal or Damian Lee. Oh yeah, no, I been. think it's the Pascal guy. Yeah, it's Pascal. Pascal. Wait, Pascal when we were at the game, off. Jonah Burks went yeah. off. Yeah, it, I think Shannon was talking about a different game though. Maybe. No, yeah. Yeah, but Bur- Burks definitely went off against us, and, and he was Burks. one of the better. He was actually one of the better um, shooters on the Warriors for like. While he was on the team. Oh, yeah. And then Burks went off against us again on MLK Day before Dane had to hit the game-time bucket in his face. Oh. Yeah. So, 
if we're going to move on to number 16 on my list is a guy who has been worrying me a little bit. Maybe he's going to be washed up one of these days, but he's coming off probably one of, if not the best season of his career. So I think it's a little too early to write him off. And that's Danny Green of. Yeah, I was going to say him. Was, were, yeah. He's. Uh, I didn't know if you had him at small forward or not, but. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, I had Tom at shooting guard. Um, yeah, me too, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's a lights out shooter. He's, he's streaky. So sometimes. Oh, yeah, dude. Sometimes he's got it going. Sometimes it doesn't look so pretty. Right now, it doesn't look so pretty. Last, I'm still taking him, dude. Yeah, I'm still taking him. When he's on. There is nobody who I trust more to knock down an open three than yeah, dude, for sure. And then on defense, he's a big guy. He moves his feet. He runs hard in transition. He's always the first guy back. Um, three and D, baby, three and D. Yeah, three and D. He's like the quintessential three and D player. Yeah, like oftentimes, for real. He oftentimes he's like trusted to pick up the best wing defender on the other team or the best yeah. wing offensive player on the yeah, other yeah. team, and he's big enough to do perfectly fine in that regard um and he's a winner like he's played on the spurs he won the championship with the raptors he's just one of those guys who i'd like to have as sort of the fourth option on my offense playing alongside definitely more um ball dominant players so i'd say danny green's like the quintessential nba role player yeah definitely a huge guy to have going into it and trying to make a playoff run yeah oh yeah absolutely All right, who's next? Number 17 is a guy whose time I think is has been coming, and I think now it's finally here, and that is Derek White of the San Antonio Spirit. Dude, he looks like – I noticed this the other day. He looks like um, the baby Snapchat filter. <laughs> That's funny. He actually kind of does with the – he's got like – I don't know. It's, he's got – he's one of those like – he's part of the pube here club. Um, <laughs> but um, either way, he – he can shoot the ball very well. Uh, I was watching him today. Well. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, he's had a rough shooting season, and all of a sudden, bang, like once the bubble started, he's been lights out. He's got a quick yeah. pace, which you love to see. He's quick on his feet, too, like off the dribble. Um, yeah, he's fast. Yeah, I think since I had Karis LeVert at number 13, I think Derek White's the best guy I've mentioned since that off the dribble. Like he's. He's quick. Yeah. He's not a crossover. He's athletic. He's explosive around the rim. Like he dunks on people. He finishes at the rim. Like I'm yeah, not I saw him put one down today. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not worried about him when he gets to the rim, and yeah. then he moves his feet on defense. He's quick. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he stays in front of most shooting guards. So, and he gets steals. He's a good steals guy. And so yeah, yeah I'd say Derek White is another one of those two way players who I really like. Yeah. Where's Gary Harris on your list? Oh, Gary Harris was way down there. He was 39 for me. Nice. He just is falling off so fast. He doesn't have a jump shot anymore. He can't remember how no. to shoot. No, he's a bum. Yeah. Yeah, he's very disappointing. He's an NBA player. Might get taken out of their starting lineup. I think if I were Mike Malone, I'd go Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr. at the three. And then Bill Dude, Stafford. MPJ is nice. MPJ is smooth with it right now. All right, so I guess moving on to number 18 is a guy who Channon's brought up. Been pretty disappointing. Victor Oladipo 
has come back off the injury. Not just just not the same guy. Uh, not as we didn't get to play a whole lot though. We didn't see a whole lot of them. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. That's fair. That's fair. We didn't get to see a whole lot of them. But with the tear with the torn muscle injuries, um, you're always kind of worried about it anyway. And the early returns have not been very encouraging. Um, part so much of what he does is based off his athleticism and that like explosiveness yeah. and that pop. It's just not the same as it used to be. Um, the shooting has yet to return to, although I'm not so worried about that. The thing that's worried me the most is how he's kind of been hesitant to um, not be the number one guy on the Pacers offense. Like the Pacers were one of my favorite teams to watch earlier in the season, like Malcolm Brogdon and Demonis Sabonis had a really good connection on the pick and roll. Like TJ Warren was turning into a very good player. Miles Turner, I enjoy watching Miles Turner. And then I like watching Miles Turner, yeah. Yeah, Oladipo came in and he just kind of broke that ecosystem up. Like he's, I don't know what's gotten into him, but he's been taking bad shots. He's been a little bit too ball happy for my taste, especially like for the first game back sure, like sort of explore the studio space, like see how you feel. But he just is taking those off the dribble threes he's getting to the basket and he's not finishing and it's just kind of sad to see because you know he wants to be back to where he was he was so good before yeah, he, he was so good but it's he just was, he was definitely top five shooting guards before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure but it's just it's just not the same so far it sucks yeah he needs like therapy or something like mental therapy <laughs> <laughs> no for real like he, he's like like Jono was saying he's like Taking bad shots, I feel like he's just trying to force his game. Yeah, he's he. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, he's been forcing it a ton since he's come back. Um, number nineteen is a guy who I've always been a little bit higher. Than he's a good singer people. though, Victor Aldipo. I don't know if you guys that's know. true. Yeah, May, not he's not on Dame's level of musical prowess. He's yeah. not on but freaking had- Lonzo's level. What are you talking about? Oh, Lonzo's <laughs> trash. Victor <laughs> Aldipo had an album though. Yeah, he did. Um, and he had like big name. Did you guys hear about J. Cole? Yeah, how he's did he actually the, get a tryout? He's gonna be on the Pistons, apparently. What is he? He's thirty-five. Yeah. Why did he mean, decide to do this earlier? In Jonah's book, that's old. There, that is old. There are worse ways to sell tickets, though. So that is know. facts, dude. He can perform at halftime and then hop back in the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that I mean, suck. I'm sorry that I'm. I'm sorry that John Hinson has to lose his um, bench seat on the Detroit Pistons, but dude, Oladipo has Tory Lanes, Trey yeah. on his uh, little mixtape thing. Yeah, he's maybe it's looking good. The videos of him running with the NBA players looks good. J Cole, yeah. Oh, serious? I haven't seen yeah. any of those videos. He has a nice yeah. shot, dude. He's like, and he's got hops. The too, summer right? runs NBA players will do. Remember when he tried to dunk at the All-Star game the other year? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, so musically, maybe. Um, but as a shooting guard, I have Victor Oladipo at number how, eight. How tall is he? That's a good question. I want to say 6'3 or 6'4. I think he's 6'4. So, so he's not too small. No, he's not small. And he's he's got broad shoulders, too. He's a very muscular guy, which was like one of the things people loved about him before he got hurt was like that combination of strength and athleticism was just sort of deadly. And then combine that with that, he could shoot. How did that whole situation even come about? What do you mean? 
Jay Cole. Oh, we were talking about Oladipo. Jay Cole's oh. sick. Sorry, my bad. I was like spacing out. Yeah, J. Cole's 6'3. He's a bucket though. Um, I'm hard to tell, but like I was saying, like the NBA players will do like the scrimmages in the summers in those gyms and he he's hopped into one. And he'd be good. Lie, hey, NBA J. players Cole. and he like holds his own. J. Wow. Cole, Luke Kennard backcourt sounds deadly. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it would be I don't know. All right. Number 19, number 19 on my list is Tim Hardaway Jr. of the okay. Dallas Mavericks. Um, he was a guy who I respect it because he's really kind of changed his game. In New York, he was kind of the focal point of their offense just because he was the only guy who could get a shot off on that dreadful yeah. team. And he would take a bunch of ill-advised threes. He was one of the least efficient players of the NBA. People were ready to, like – um, light him on fire and send him out to sea. But instead, he's really bought into his role as a Dallas Maverick and has turned into a valuable start. He's a, he's their starting small forward, but I think his natural position is the shooting guard. So I, yeah. I included him on this list. Well, obviously, he can shoot the basketball. That's like the focal point of the Tim Hardaway Jr. experience. There hasn't been so much shot creation this year on the Mavericks for THJ. But as a catch-and-shoot guy, he's been very good, especially considering – or especially when you consider that a lot of his shots have come above the break, which is obviously um, more difficult. So, um, yeah, he can still he can still attack a closeout all right. And um, on defense, like he's another one of those guys who – is he the best defensive player in the NBA? No, but his, like, size and physical tools allow him – to not be a pushover. And that's really like, as long as you're not a guy who gets targeted on defense, like you don't necessarily have to be a world beater. I think that's going to end up being the Mavericks Achilles heel this year is that there just isn't enough wing defense on that team. So I think, I that's agree. Gonna, I think I that's, agree. Gonna, I think that's going to come back to bite them. But um, as a player, I don't really think defense is a huge knock against Tim Hardaway jr. You want to comment on THJ Channon? Uh, no, I haven't watched a whole lot of them. I know he can shoot it, but yeah. Yeah. How I feel about every single one of the people you're talking about right now. Moving on to 20 is one of me and Callum's favorite players to talk about. Um, a guy who I have a love hate relationship (laughs) right now. It's mostly hate. Um, Dylan Brooks. uh, (laughs) Yeah. The Memphis Grizzlies, who is probably one of the most frustrating players to watch because you see him everything you'd want he can shoot the ball he can put it on the deck and create shots in the mid-range um he's strong he's a big guy he's physical he tries hard like all that stuff just sounds like a recipe to be a top 10 shooting guard in the nba but there's just so much he plays shooting guard i feel like he's a big boy but i guess it it makes sense yeah he's a big for a shooting guard but um i guess for this year the grizzlies have gone with john morant dylan brooks um, and then obviously they just made the trade for Justice Winslow. So I think they see Justice as their small forward and Dylan as their two of the future. But anyway, like he just comes with so much baggage attached to him, in my opinion, because the shot selection is just terrible. Like, yeah, he, dude, <laughs> he takes so many hard shots, especially long contested twos off the dribble. And it's just gives me a headache. And he takes tough threes. Yeah. He's, he's He's a little bit thirsty on offense. 
And then on defense, he plays hard, which I like. But a side effect of that to this point in his career has been some of the stupidest fouls you'll ever see. I'm sure he fouls more than any other guy on this list. He just is so handsy. He plays so yeah, for sure, dude. And he's so intense that, and I guess the fouls are just a byproduct of that. But nevertheless, it's frustrating and it's somewhat damaging. And so, like the fouls and the shot selection is like an anchor that's attached to Dylan Brooks or else I think his potential is so much higher than this. Yeah. I think he needs to play in a system like that is like for a really experienced coach, like Popovich or something like that. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins might not necessarily be the guy to kind of tame him, but um, yeah, he needs some, he needs to mature. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. And I, I hope that will come. And if it does, he'll just continue. Obviously, like I said, to rise up this list. And now is the moment we've been waiting for at number 21. I've got Zach Levine. Uh, you can't put Dylan Brooks over. Well, I'm going to. So JJ Redick, dude. You said JJ Redick a while ago. There, there, there's a, there's a reason that JJ Redick, this is the first year in his entire career. He's missed the playoffs and J Zach Levine's never been on a team with a winning record. Like in my opinion, there's a reason for that. Yeah, it's because J.J. Redick played with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, and then he went and played with who, the Sixers? Yeah, with Joe Embiid and Ben Simmons, and he played on the Magic for a little bit. Like, J.J. Redick's been a journeyman, but he's always won wherever he's gone. Zach Levine's been in two stops, and he's never been on even a somewhat competitive team. And um, Dude, I thought that... um, Never mind, keep going. And the thing about Zach Levine is, all okay, like, you're bad at defense and you don't want to try. Like, fine. Like, there are a lot he's of averaging guys. averaging 25, dude. Okay. And I, there, are, there are a lot of guys in the NBA who are on um, bad teams and don't try on defense. But the thing that particularly um, irks me about Zach Levine is how disciplinary Jim Boylan has been with him. And I know Jim Boylan gets a lot of crap as a coach and rightfully so, but at a certain point, if your coach is literally pleading with you to start giving effort on defense and stop allowing backdoor cuts on like every four possessions, like please just at a point you've got to try. Right. But that has, hasn't happened for Zach Levine yet. He consistently gets burned on defense He's got his hands on his knees all the time. He's not, he's not, he's not in a stance. He's not trying. And it's just, it just sucks. Cause like Jim Boylan gets a lot of shit, but I mean, I'd probably be doing the same thing if I was the Bulls coach. And then on okay, off, but JJ Redick is a bad defender too. Okay. Yeah. But JJ Redick's at least a smart defender. Like he doesn't have the physical tools to be a good defender, but he, he at least can tag the Roman and bounce out to like, at least have a flyby contest at a three. Like Zach, Le- Zach Levine, he just is completely disinterested in it. <laughs> and then on offense, like sure, Zach Levine looks good when he's the only only guy on the offense who can score. But if you're on a team that's running competent a competent offense, and um, bro, he and like running um and running like efficient plays and getting efficient looks all of a sudden a Zach Levine step back long two that maybe goes in 
35% of the time. Like, that's not a good shot. Um, most of the shots he takes from three, even though he is a league average three-point shooter, like, most of them are bad shots. Like, um, and he's an exciting player. Like, I get that he can take tough shots off the dribble. I get that he is an awesome dunker. Like, I enjoy watching him as much as the next guy, but most of his shots don't go hand-in-hand with good offense. And a part of that is we've never seen him next to a very good point guard. Like, yeah, like, and like, maybe that changes. Maybe he can step into a seat. Like I'd love to see him in a CJ McCollum role, like next to a player that's better than he is. And maybe then he'd tame down his shot selection. Maybe then with like out the best defenders in the league on him, he'd be able to score more efficiently. And like, don't get me wrong. He's not a bad offensive player. Like I'm not, I'm not calling him like an empty stats guy or anything because like he averages 25. Yeah, obvious. Obviously, yeah, that's pretty good. Obviously, if you can get 25 a game, you're doing something right. But like in Chicago right now, there's nobody taking shots away from him. He pretty much has free reign to pull the trigger whenever he wants on offense. That's so you're true. like, you're bound to score some points. Yeah, I would average 25 with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would. And uh, honestly, like, I don't know. I, I just would be curious to see what Zach Levine looked um, like on a good team. Cause honestly, I don't think we'd be impressed by him. I'd like to, hopefully maybe, he is eventually. maybe we would be, maybe then he'd take a big step forward and rise up my list, but it's just hard for me to, it's hard for me to appreciate him right now. Definitely not like, I definitely don't think he's appealing to good teams right now though. No. Because he does have to show that he can play defense. Yeah. He will play defense. And he's, like, being coachable, I know this sounds like a like a bit of a bitch thing to say, that being coachable matters a little bit to No, me. it does, yeah. It does, for sure. Because, like, he, he couldn't fit into a system, like, that really, like, relied on a good coach, which, like, the best system, too. Like, you couldn't – I keep talking about the Spurs, but you couldn't put him on in the Spurs right now. Mm-mm. No, Greg Popovich would never. Or like, yeah, I don't even know. So I guess, I guess, like we can agree to disagree on Zach, and like I'm open to. I'm Zach's one of those guys who, who could easily move up this list because he's God. Like God knows he's talented enough, but I just need to see some more from him. Number twenty-two is I've mentioned his brother already on this list, and now I'm going to mention Justin Holiday, who I think has sneakily turned into one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Just like his brother, he's impossible to screen. He gets so small when he sees, this, when he sees um, the big man coming, and he always works his way around it. Um, he's not a dynamic offensive player, but he's one of the best, like, well, not one of the best, but he can. I'm pretty sure his three-point percentage is well above league average. And I'm pretty sure it's, I want to say it's inching up to 40%. And I'm going to look that up right now. Um, but yeah, he can shoot the ball even if he can't do much else. Yeah, it's it's 40%. So he can shoot the crap out of the ball. And even though that's all he does. And so he's another one of those 3 and D guys. He plays really good defense. He shoots the three ball. That's a guy who can play on any team in the NBA for my money. And so... That's uh, I like Justin. Who are the best brothers in the NBA? 
That's a good question. Well, I think that that's not really a question. It's got to be Seth and Steph. Yeah. Because Steph is like the arguably like the best player in the NBA right now. Obviously, he's not, but like he's top five. And so, like, I'm going to kind of keep. He Steph's not in my top five. Oh. Yeah, he's not in my top five either. Well, that's that's your guys' problem. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if he's in my top ten. That's an issue. Yeah, that's pushing it for me, but I'm okay with it. No, hear me out. LeBron, KD, James Harden, Giannis. I'm taking Steph over James Harden any day of the week. Kawhi. I take Dame over Steph's. Yeah, Dame. That's, uh, uh, oh, I'm taking. Hold on, let me think here. Let me think. Why are you a hater? <laughs> no, I'm honestly not. I'm honestly not. Steph is really, really good. But um, okay, yeah, he is top ten. I was capping, but he's not not top five though. That's pushing. No, yeah, no, yeah, he's top ten. Um, uh, so I guess all the I'll bounce to number 23, who's a guy we've brought up a few times, Buddy Heald. Um, another guy who is not a very good defender, but he's a lightning bolt on offense. He is yeah. one of the best shooters in the NBA. He's such a versatile shooter. Like he, he can shoot it off the catch, off the bounce, coming off the of screens. He's like one of those Duncan Robinson, JJ Reddicks. Even though he's not as good as those guys, he's like – versatile like those guys and that he can shoot in pretty much any situation he's he, so much better than jj reddick oh uh, i don't know like i wouldn't put him ahead of jj i uh, think he's got attitude problems though but he, yeah pro- he probably he's got attitude problems like obviously he lied about his age going into the draft so <laughs> if that's not a red flag but um who's that he, one guy who's like they were saying was doing that a lot it was a while ago with don maker is that uh, yeah was? yeah yeah and people are saying he's like 40 now, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, like Buddy's comfortable putting it on the ground too. And even though that's not his forte and he's not the best around the rim, like just having that sort of extra bit of versatility and dynamism is an added bonus, especially for a guy you're bringing off the bench. And especially for a guy, like we mentioned before, the Kings don't have a lot of great offensive weapons coming off their bench. So every little bit of production they can squeeze out of Buddy Yield is a big deal. So, um, so yeah, I I put him at number twenty two. I think he is a very very. I think he's a very good offensive player, but there's just not a whole yeah. lot else. Um, I feel that uh, Anthony Davis. I would also take over Steph Curry. Just saying. Ooh wow, that ooh. I think I think we're gonna get a conclusive answer to that before the end of the season. I think the playoffs are gonna kind of make or break Anthony Davis. We're going to learn a lot about him. That's true because he hasn't really been in a, an actual winning situation before. So, yeah. And for my taste so far this season, I think he's been a, he obviously it's the regular season. Can't take a whole lot out of it. He's been a little bit passive for me. Like, I feel like that makes sense though, because he's never he's, been by himself always. And I right, was, yeah. And he's playing with the, one of the best players of all time, but yeah. um, I'd like to best see him player of all time. I kind of see him like to be a little, maybe a little bit more selfish, a little bit more um, authoritative. And he totally could be. LeBron wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think you're right. And AD is just a matchup nightmare. So he's got to take it. Oh, yeah, dude. 
Yeah. You have, uh, you know, uh, Yusuf Nurkic and then coming off the bench, Hassan Whiteside. Blazers are a problem. Blazers, the Lakers don't match up well against Dude, us. But that's if enough. we had a healthy Ariza and Hoodie, I, I think we could win it all this year. Mm-hmm. I think so. So number 24 on my list, we've touched on this guy before. Huge drop-off this year. Very disappointing. One of my favorite players, Lou Williams. Um, he's he's so so much better than JJ Redick. Dude, you can't tell me that you're taking JJ Redick over Lou Williams. On most teams, I'm taking JJ Redick over Lou. Lou Williams can give you a game winner. Oh, JJ Reddick can give you a game. No, he can't. No, he can't. Because he can only give you a game winner if someone else creates the shot for him, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Williams can create a game winner and hit it. He can create a game winner off the bounce. But the thing is, um, okay, let's just do it in context of the Clippers this year. Here's a question for you, Shannon. Do you think... Like, obviously, who knows right now? Because, like, Lou Williams has only played a couple of games and he's looked shaky. But let's say he's back to his best form of this season by the time we get to the playoffs. If you're Doc Rivers, do you have him in your closing lineup? Hell no. I I agree with that. And I'm going to say why. Um, On offense, the guy I want – as my first option is Kawhi Leonard. The guy I want as my second option is Paul George. If it's a close game in the fourth quarter, I'm not really a fan of putting the ball out of those guys' hands. Yeah, and so no way. Lou Williams is the third option guy. He's probably not touching the ball, even a third of my offensive possessions. And so we're going to have a liability out there on defense who's not even really contributing on offense because he can only contribute when he's got the ball in his hands. Like, I don't think so. That's true. And his Yeah, that's true. And, the, yeah, this situation, he's – yeah, the situation, he's a good sixth man. Like, obviously, that goes without saying. He's a guy who can come off the bench and give your second unit buckets. But um, would you say that Draymond Green's a top three player ever? Of course. That goes without saying. Okay, that's what I thought. I would say that he is. Um, it's basically like it goes good. Draymond, LeBron, Michael Jordan. Yeah. I would say that it goes LeBron. And then, like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't – I would say that Draymond Green would never be an all-star on a team besides the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Do you just not like Draymond or what? I think that's a great point. Imagine if Draymond was on the Blazers. They'd be so good. Oh, I hate that. You would yeah, not. I don't think that he would make us much better. Oh, well. Like, would I take him over Zach Collins? I don't think so. I, I think, think that he's. I uh, think he would make any team better. I don't. I think that the Warriors are a perfect fit for yeah, him. He didn't even make the Warriors better this year because he had <laughs> he he was literally a player coach directing like little YMCA kids how to play basketball. And, he, and it didn't work. Yeah, well, oh, it, dude! Yeah. If he was a true All Star, he would be able to carry some weight. That's right. actually not. I mean, I don't think that's true per se. You need a lot more than just one All Star to make a team good. Yeah, but he gave he gave up on the Warriors. I mean, the Blazers were better than the Warriors this year. That's all we had. Yeah, but you guys, you I mean, like you guys have definitely have more experience. We played. We it was a, the, literally a G League team this year. The like, dude, 
Dude, we had bombs. Don't yeah, even don't even compare the Blazers season to the Warriors. Though, like that's not even fair. We had <laughs> we had Amari Spellman Tolliver playing big minutes. Yeah, mm. we started Anthony Tolliver at center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's comparable though. Yeah, I, oh, I, oh, dude, Anthony Tolliver. I don't know how he ever made it to the NBA, dude. Yeah. Maybe he'll maybe he'll get his revenge if the Grizzlies end up playing us in the playing game. But he'll never get any revenge, dude. He's yeah. supposed to be a three and D guy, and he can't shoot threes or defend. No, he's, he, he he's so bad. He's a traffic cone on defense. Actually, yeah, and he, oh my dude, I hated him he, so. He single handedly allowed Furkan Korkmaz to hit the game winner against us that one time because he butchered the switch on the screen so badly and just got stuck in no man's land. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, Lou Williams, number 24. Number 25 is a guy who I think is more of a point guard. Oh, wait. No, yeah, Kellen, I I don't. Obviously, the Warriors were way more screwed than the Warriors. Oh, 110%. Yeah, I was just kind of talking about Number 24 or number 20. Number 25 is a guy who I think is a re- actually a point guard, but he played shooting guard this year. I didn't include him on this sh- point guard list I did last time, so I figured I might as well give him a shout-out here. And that's Terry Rozier of the Charlotte Hornets. Forgot about him. Yeah. And Dude, Terry- yeah, I know. I really like him, but I thought he was a point guard. Yeah, and you're right. He is a point guard. But I since Devontae Graham played point guard for the Hornets this year, I didn't include Terry then, and since I forgot to include him then, I just decided I'd give him a shout-out in the shooting guard video. But <laughs> I loved him on the Celtics. They, he was really yeah. good. He's an under, underrated offensive player. He's a great shooter. Um, he doesn't bring too much more to the table. Yeah, he doesn't Who's he on right now? He's on the, um, the Hornets. Yeah, he's on the Hornets. Yeah. Um, he probably does, does he not play a lot? No, no he, he, he does. Yeah, he never plays. mind. My bad. Kemba's on the Celtics. Like he low-key got a bag, didn't he? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, that was one of the contracts people were like clowning this offseason because he I think I want to say he got like four years 80 million. Yeah, he got paid way too much. Holy moly. Yeah. So yeah, the con- the contract maybe not that bad. Maybe not great. Yeah, the contract's not great. Uh but I like Terry Rozier. He's a good scorer. He, yeah. He's got a knack for, like, and this is something I talked about a lot last time that I liked in point guards. He's got a knack for, like, the clutch moments. He can knock down yeah. shots. Like, I was going to say, I think he's definitely a player to be a part of, like, an actual playoff run. Yeah, I think so. I'd love him as, like, a sixth man on a, on a really good playoff team. Yeah, I, for sure. I think Terry Rozier can be a winning basketball player. Speaking of winning basketball players, number 26 is Dante DiVincenzo of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I've – Channing, you look, you look confused. But I thought you were going to say Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> oh, he's he's coming up. But Don, I, if Gary Trent keeps up what he's doing right now, obviously he's better than Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, that's fair because, yeah. We've seen Dante DiVincenzo playing well all year. He – plays great defense he's long he's very athletic um he is a, not a very good well he's a, a slightly below average shooter but that's not really where he um that's not really where he makes his mark on offense he has a great he's a terrific cutter um he can put the ball on the floor a little bit like he's no 
he's not a point guard, but he can, uh, he can, he's one of those like straight line drive guys who can attack the basket attack the basket if he like sees an angle or whatever and you're fine with him doing that and then he can finish at the rim um yeah so yeah being on the bucks which is a really winning team and this is like his first year in the nba playing it kind of tells you a lot that he's been um their second guy off the bench this year and so i think it's been a great year for dante divincenzo Shannon, any DiVincenzo thoughts before we move nah, on? No, I really like him. Yeah, he's cool. Number 27 is another bucket getter. And as I'm looking at this, I don't know why. I don't really know why I put this guy below Lou. I guess Lou Williams has been one of the best six men of all time, so I had to give him a little respect. But this guy pretty much does what Lou Will does, but better now. And that's Jordan Clarkson. Um, oh, yeah, I like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson is just a guy who gets buckets. And actually, I do now that I think about it know why I included Lou Williams above him. And that's because I think Jordan Clarkson is a little bit ball happy and extremely. Yeah, prone. dude. And he's very prone to bad decisions when he's on offense. He yes. Fall over a lot. He's way too focused on getting his own shot. He doesn't want to pass. Whereas Lou Williams. Absolutely. Lou Williams actually has some resemblance of some basketball IQ. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson's one of those guys who you'd hate to play with, but um, yeah, every once in a while he has a game where he absolutely um, spontaneously combusts. And he, yeah, I uh, feel like he's like a second unit guy. You just got to throw in there and then like test the water and see what kind of night it is for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then he's just so like like I keep going back to this, but you can score off the bounce from three. He can pull up from mid-range. He's sneakily good around the basket. Like Jordan Clarkson has really good footwork, I think. Like, um, yeah. This just this game against the Spurs they were playing this morning. He had a. I was watching that. Yeah, he had a play where he got inside and got um, and kind of faked like he was going for the fadeaway and got um, and got Pirtle to jump at it, and then he just did the drop step for the lane. So I. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those score guys who's like kind of not perfected the craft, but he's like over his years in the NBA, he's he like knows how to score. He knows how to get shots off. Yeah. He knows how to put the ball in the bucket. And he doesn't give watch him take some bad shots this morning. Yeah, he takes some terrible shots. He doesn't pass. He doesn't give you anything on defense. Like he's number twenty seven on the list for a reason, but just his pure scoring off the bench is enough to make me um interested in him. So number 28, I have a guy who really um, came on on fire, especially recently this year. Shannon knows who it is. It's going to be Gary Trent Jr. at number 28 of the Portland Trail Lasers, who, if here, just for just for the sake of having fun, if Gary Trent, if Bubble Gary Trent is the new Gary Trent that we see He's top all, five. all the time now, I'd put him at, ooh, I'd, yeah, he's top ten for sure. Yeah, top ten. Yeah, he's shooting the lot. He's he's at this point the shot's not a fluke anymore. Like he's he's been doing this since January. He's Dude, do you remember at the Phoenix game when we realized he shot it every single time he touched it, and for like yeah. possessions in a row, he got yeah. and he just shoot it. Yeah, he's been he's been grinding to get these to fall by just shooting them. Yeah, 
And the thing I love about Gary Trent is even though this is his first year playing NBA minutes, he's not out of place at all. Like he plays so tough on defense. He's not scared of literally anybody in the NBA. Oh yeah, dude. I was watching him play D on MPJ, dude. Oh yeah. And he was our best guy against MPJ. Yeah. The height advantage was ridiculous. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony is like almost MPJ's height and MPJ kept burning him. And Gary is like, five inches smaller and he was putting them in a bottle it's yes like i think mpj went like five possessions without even touching the ball while gary was guarding him which is ridiculous like yeah dude his gary's foot does not come off the gas like not at all and then on offense like obviously the main storyline is how he's shooting seven 65 percent from threes in the bubble and uh, every time he makes a three you can just see him running down the court barking at us barking at the guys just uh, it's, it's so always, sick. He's always chirping. He's one of those guys who you check on Twitter after the game, and the opposing team's fans love to hate him because he just makes the team. He just makes the other team look ridiculous. Like, and he's one of those guys that will comment on every post he's tagged in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, my sister put a Gary Trent Jr. picture. Yeah, Caden's told me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Gary replied to it. Um, That's dope. And he's always commenting on the Blazers post, like. We need you, Z. Yeah. Yeah. That man, a dog. Yeah. Gary's awesome. He's probably my favorite Blazer at this point. I just, yeah, yeah I love Gary. No, yeah, but he has a three, but he can low-key put the ball he on the floor. Put the ball on the floor, yeah. A couple of dribbles and pull up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his pull-up game is strong. Um, he doesn't often attack the basket, but when he does, he can finish, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's a good he's a good cutter. I think that's the yeah. main reason why say so you can finish. He never really takes contested shots at the rim, but he's good at getting easy, easy shots. Yeah. He'll pick him up, yeah. And like I've seen him play, because I've never seen him play. And Jonah just raves about him. Ten AM tomorrow, baby. Yeah, ten AM against the Clippers. Should be a oh, tough play game. in the morning. Sick. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough game for us. I don't like the matchup against the Clippers, but maybe they'll have their foot off the gas like they You think said. they can actually are they resting the anybody? Um, Montrez Harrell's out, and um, obviously Montrez Harrell's out. And Patrick. What Harrell. happened to him? What's that? What happened to Montrez? Uh, his uh, grandma died, and so he left the bubble to go to the funeral. Oh, that's awful! Dang, yeah. dude, why can't they rest PG or Kawhi? I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I wish they rest them all the time, dude. Yeah, maybe they'll be on like a minutes restriction or something. Otherwise. I don't like the Blazers matchup for either of those guys. Not at all. We need Ariza. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you see the thing where Ariza's custody dates got changed? And so he's like having his daughter later in the year, but he just can't come back to the bubble now. Cause he's not, are you kidding me? Yeah. So he's not, even. Dude, with, why he's not even with his kid anymore. Are you kidding me? He could literally just come and like sit in his room for two weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, that it's the NBA's rule, but it's stupid. That is ridiculous. You just yeah. test him when he gets there. If he doesn't have it, you let him in, and he's in his room for two weeks, and then he's. Yeah. It's. Dumb. You don't want us to win the championship. Is the problem? Yeah. Um, you don't want us to win the championship because we can stop Anthony Davis. We have reason. We have someone to contest LeBron. Yeah, I like the way we match up with the Lakers, regardless. But I think the Clippers are a problem for us. But I think we'll learn a lot tomorrow. Um, Dude, if we... Oh, my gosh. That makes me so mad. Yeah. Yeah. That is cheese. What was the issue? 
Uh, he, he only had custody of his kid for one month out of the year. And it happened to be uh, while the NBA was going to Orlando. So he decided to stay home to be with his kid instead of going to Orlando to be with the team. But then for some reason, his custody dates got changed. And so now he doesn't even get his kid and he is not with the team. So it just kind of, he just kind of got screwed. Wow. You have, oh, dude, he is such a big part. Yeah. Um, that makes me, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, me too. I just read about it today, but it's a bummer. Um, dude, but anyway. We wouldn't even ever have to think about putting Mario Hazonia in. Yeah, I know. I would be in, I want to see if, because did you hear about Hassan being out tomorrow? Really? Yeah, so we're going to have to like add someone new into the rotation. I hope it's not Mario, because obviously Mario's um, been getting, um, been getting less and less playing time recently because he's basically been benched for Anthony after the first couple of games. I but hate I'd love, Mario. I'd love to see Nazir or Winian in tomorrow instead of Mario. Hopefully. Damn, dude. Mario sucks. Yeah, preferably Nazir. Are you more of a Nazir or more of a Winian guy? Definitely Nazir. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mario Hazonia sucks, dude. I don't know how he... That's... Yeah, he's bad. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, Caleb was I'm, shitting on him. <laughs> I'm glad we gave him a player option so we can have one more year of him after this. Um, but anyway... Wait, yeah, there's a $3 million player option on his contract. So we've, That's good. he's, he's, um, he's not leaving anytime soon. So wow. number 29 on my list is a guy who absolutely caught fire post trade deadline on his new team. And that's Malik Beasley. Um, now of the Minnesota Timberwolves, formerly of the Denver Nuggets. Malik is not, um, well, we don't really no, I don't really know whether or not to trust it yet just because it was so stark, like his rise in points per game. I think he went up to like 24 points per game post-trade deadline when he was on the Timberwolves, and most of that was just because he's an elite three-point shooter, um, elite catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Like the Nugget or the Timberwolves offense is just going to be so dangerous next year when you combine D'Lo, Carl Anthony Towns, and now you add – um, an awesome three-point shooter to that mix. That's just kind of a scary bunch to try and have to defend. Um, he averaged 20 with the Timberwolves on 47% shooting. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, and then when you combine that with two awesome offensive players in Candela, it's going to be an interesting team next year. I doubt he keeps up 20 points on 47% from beyond the arc. Dude, he did shoot 47% in um, 2018. He's He's been... Yeah, no, he was below forty. Was two thousand like with Denver in two thousand nineteen? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a sniper. Um, he doesn't give you a whole lot defensively. Um, he might be a little bit undersized, I guess, for a um, small forward. Like, what's his weight, Chana? Uh, it's not showing it. I gotta look. Yeah, that's that's okay. I know he's like he's kind of he's kind of a oh jeez, one eighty seven. Yeah, one eighty seven. He's a little bit like wide in the shorts for what you want to have. Maybe defending like some of the more like physically um, attributed cheating guards. Like he's he's not gonna like be defending um, Booker in the post anytime I mean, soon. But 
Jonah. Yeah. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I cannot believe that um, Marquise Brown was 160 pounds last year. Who's Marquise Brown again? He's the wide, Ravens wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Hollywood oh, Brown. Yeah. He was yeah. playing in the NFL at 160 pounds, and now he's up to 180. So he gained 20 pounds? Yeah, but still, that's not that big. But no. the fact that he was 160 pounds and getting hit by full-grown men, that's yeah. incredible. That's almost like me getting hit out there. Yeah, that is literally insanity. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Num- number 30 on my list is a guy who's another one. We've touched on a few of these guys just sort of off the bench, microwave score type guys. Terrence Ross of the Orlando Magic. He's a real hit or miss. At this point, we're getting into guys who – you don't exactly always know what you're going to get from him. He's um, good sometimes, though. He's good sometimes. When he's got it, he's got it. Like, he's the type of guy who can knock down four threes in a row. Yeah. He gets to the basket. He's got good athleticism. Um, he's in a slightly above average finisher. He He's a pretty good at pulling up from the mid-range, too. Um, so, yeah. just He's really athletic. He can dunk it. Yeah. Hasn't he made the dunk contest before? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's just a – he's just a good like one of those good offensive players to bring off your bench i guess um yeah not too much more to say about terrence all right i gotta pee okay um we're getting to one of callan's favorite guys so maybe me and callan can hold it down for number 31 all right. and that is seth curry um yeah seth curry sick yeah um you he's one of those guys where you can't ask him to do too much just because he's so small he was on the blaze turds last year right he was on the blazers last year and um he can't do too much just because of his height is limiting and his weight's limiting he's not one of those guys who yeah you're right he's like like he he gets when he gets heated up he's rolling oh yeah yeah he can't take the ball inside the three-point arc but from outside he's about as good of a three-point shooter as you're gonna find like he's been leading the league or he's been one of the guys leading the league in three-point percentage for the past couple of years. He's consistently touching or above uh, 40% from the arc, which is just um, – Who's he on right now? Uh, the Mavericks. Yeah, okay. He's been around the block, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he get drafted by the Warriors? Uh, I don't remember. Who are we talking about? Didn't, did Seth Curry. get drafted by the Warriors? Did who? Seth Curry. Seth Curry? Yeah. I th- yeah, I think so. And then he went to who after that? He's oh, been I around. Think, yeah, I think he went. No, yeah, I think he just went at Mavericks and then Blazers and then Mavericks, right? Oh, okay. He's been in the Mavericks twice. Okay, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah, so obviously, like, the three-point numbers kind of speak for themselves. Like, he's yeah, dude. one of the best shooters in the NBA. He's consistently touching her above 40%. Um, he's not, obviously – his size limits what he can do on defense. He's got good enough hands, though. He's a guy who gets steals a lot. Yeah, he does get some steals. He was undrafted, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, he was undrafted, but he yeah. a lot of time in the G League, too. I he played know. for the Warriors G League team, and so they probably called him up. He was yeah. like, he scored it. He was a bucket in the G League. He was so good back yeah. in the G League. Um, but yeah, in the NBA, he's nothing more than a guy who he's not even as dynamic as a three-point shooter. It's like a JJ Redick or Duncan Robinson. Like he's not a guy who really um, can like. Run oh, off. Dude, I, Is I, Damian I, Lee on your list? Damian Lee was a honorable mention. 
Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, Seth Curry, he's got one insane skill, but the rest of the game has so many holes in it that it's hard for me to rank him too much higher than 31. Number 32 is a guy who I like. I like Trey Young. Yeah, Trey's got some holes, but I, I, he's just, I love Trey too much. Jonah, Jonah, I don't like Trey. Jonah loves some I, Trey Young. I know you don't like Trey, but what would you say if I told you I had him as my fifth best point guard in the NBA? I would say that's an absolutely horrible take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of horrible takes, because this might be another one for me. This is a guy who I sort of like the theory of this player, but she just left a bad taste in my mouth this year. Like, I don't know what was wrong with him, but he just kind of had such a bad season. I don't really know what to make of it. And that's Josh Richardson of the Sixers. He's got so much skills. Like he's six, five. That's good size. He's athletic. He's, he's able to put the ball on the floor. Like in theory, he's a good shooter. He's, he seems to be the full package, but this year he shot below league average from three. Uh, he took bad shots from mid range, and those when you combine those two things, what you've got is a below average shooter, um, and he's not really a playmaker. So he is was, he with uh, the Sixers right now? He's still with the Sixers, so he's he's kind of a net minus on offense, at least for the Sixers this year. He was a net. Man, minus. He went bomb mode. He was good with the Heat. Yeah, he was good. He was like a rising star with the Heat. And then yeah. this year, for some reason, it wasn't working for him. And then on defense, um, like from the eye test, he passes. Like he stays in front of his guy. He's got quick feet. He's physical enough. And then I went and looked at his numbers today, and I was surprised to find out that like the defensive analytics and stuff all rate him as a below average defender. And so I don't know how much of that – I necessarily like, I don't know how much of that I trust. Cause like, I feel like he could be a good defender, but apparently he wasn't. And so, and he is there. It should be mentioned. He's the Sixers point of attack defender last year. The Brett Brown would use Ben Simmons on a lot of the best um, opposing guards. And this year he more was been put Ben Simmons on forwards and um, put and put, um, Josh Richardson on guards, obviously that's because Jimmy Butler was no longer there. So Ben Simmons kind of had to pick up that slack, but Josh Richardson struggled against the best guards in the NBA. And maybe it's unfair. Maybe the Sixers were a bad spot because there's just so little spacing on offense. He had to do too much shot creation because Ben Simmons is a mediocre half court player, maybe. And then, so maybe, maybe he just wasn't set up for success, but either way, it wasn't really pretty for him this year. And so it's hard for me to, be too much higher than number 32 on a yeah field. i think he needed the ridiculous system that he have with like yeah even body fat percentage checks all the time and stuff even though yeah even though i like even though i like some of the tools that are there with josh it, it was just too disappointing of a season for me to ignore yeah number 33 um let me double check unless you want to count guys like gary trench or dante divincenzo who didn't play their rookie year barely. This is the first actual rookie on my list, and that's um, Toronto Raptor rookie Terrence Davis, who I have been very impressed with this year. He's a great shooter. He's a great cutter. Those are his two attributes on offense. He'd like to – you can see with Terrence Davis, he's the type of guy with the confidence who'd like to be a more um, ball-heavy offensive player, but that really hasn't been a part of his game yet, thankfully. Um 
but the three-point shooting and the cutting have both been very good weapons for the Raptors offense. Defensively, um, opposite of kind of Josh Richardson, who played the tough assignments, Terrence really hasn't gotten a shot on the best defenders in the league yet. Yeah. yeah, or best offensive players in the league yet, but he's done a very good job. He's an analytics darling on that end of the floor opposite of Josh Richardson. And part of that is because Nick Nurse is just, in my opinion, the best coach in the, in the league, and he just throws a lot of crazy defensive systems out there. Yeah, and, you, and he runs, like, insane zones and just all sorts of stuff you don't really see. And so maybe Terrence Davis is just a beneficiary of that. But, um yeah, either way, impressive rookie campaign for Terrence this year. For sure. What do you Great guys team. think of Terry Stotts as a coach? Uh, I like him. Yeah, I like him. I don't necessarily think he's the most imaginative coach. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I feel like sometimes I wish he would kind of experiment a little more. Yeah, but I think it's hard to like – it would be hard to replace the relationships he's built with like Damon. Yeah. So – I definitely don't think it would be worth it to try yeah, to. Sure. Yeah, I think we're kind of stuck with him, which I don't think is a bad thing because no. I, I like Terry. I think we can win with him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not a coach who will hold the team back from winning. No. So number 34, I have a guy who's been injured recently, been fighting injuries all year actually, but um, is still a very solid two-way player, and that's Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets. He obviously is a guy. Eric Gordon? Yeah. Oh, wait, he's been injured most of the year? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say. He should have been. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. He's really good. And he's a guy who, even even when he hasn't been injured this year, he's still been somewhat disappointed. For some reason, the three ball has just left him this year. And he's. Yeah, he used to be. That's like the biggest part of his game. Yeah, that he obviously three point shooting champion at a point in his career, but they haven't been. They haven't fallen from this year. Um, maybe he gets it working again next year. I think for a guy who's fighting injuries and a, for a guy whose legs aren't what they used to be, this switching rocket system where everybody has to be giving 110% effort at every moment, I don't really think it's the best fit for him. Um, yeah. uh, having all-you-can-eat wide-open corner threes, that seems like it should be good for him, but... I mean, like I said, they haven't been falling. Um, Basically a washed-up trash NBA player is probably going to get dropped and no one else is going to stop him. Yeah, his career is on the way downhill. Um, I'm pretty sure he just signed a big contract extension, though. So That's an sure. L for the Rockets. Yeah, <laughs> his contract is not looking nice right now. But um, I want to say it's like three years, $54 million after this year, some crazy number like that. But, um, yeah. He used to be good, dude. Yeah, he did, and maybe he can get it back after he's had some time off. But I he was definitely top fifteen. Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. But either way, he's getting older. The, yeah, usually for those two way archetype players like Terrence Davis, they don't last as long because that or like Terrence Davis, like Eric Gordon, those guys don't usually last as long because the defense starts to go away eventually. And I think that's what we're probably going to see with Eric. Yeah, I'll take Jay Cole over him. <laughs> yeah yeah have you said pat Connaughton yet um no he didn't make the list pat Connaughton didn't make the list he is a fringe nba player at best for me um <laughs> number 35 is a guy who i was disappointed i had to put him the slow because i like the kid 
uh, rookie this year. I think he's got big things ahead of him. I don't really think this is his time yet. That's Tyler Hero. Of the Dude, he's on the freaking – is he first team? First team all draft as a rookie. That's impressive stuff. But um, from a basketball standpoint, I – Well, that's not as important, though. <laughs> that's true. That's secondary. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't see it yet from him this year. Uh, he had a tough time fitting into the Heat offense, which is so – predicated on motion hero himself is a bit of a ball stopper. I think he'd like to be able to attack guys off the dribble, which he's certainly capable of his shot selections. If he, he hasn't been a very efficient players rookie year. Um, he did have that game winner though. That was sick. Yeah. Then that's what I was sort of getting to. That's why I have such high hopes for Tyler hero is even as a rookie, this is a kid who lives for the big moment. Like, yeah. You can see he wants to be a star, and he has yeah. he has what it takes to be a star. Um, you can tell by his uh, first team ball drip. Yeah, he's got a lot of confidence, a lot of swag. He doesn't shy away from big shots. He likes to have the ball in his hands. He likes to take the tough shots. They didn't fall as much as you'd like to see him fall this year, but I think he's a guy who's going to improve and work his way up this list. Did you say um, – Pretty quickly. Did you say uh, Malik, Malik Monk? Malik Monk. Um, no, I'm trying to see if I. Yeah, he was. He wasn't even an honorable mention for me. I think. Oh really? Yeah, I think he's on his way out the door. At 22. <laughs> yeah, he's just been so bad. Now with the PED suspension, it just kind of feels like it's not going to come together for him, which is too bad. Um, I thought he was low-key solid. Yeah. This year. Or in general. In general. I mean, yeah, he can shoot and he's super athletic, but he's just for some reason never really had a good season. He's 22. Yeah, what? He's only 22. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I I think he'll, I mean, don't get me wrong, he'll get another contract. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be out of the NBA. I just think his time with the Hornets, maybe. How many points is he average per game? Yeah, he definitely should experiment with a different team oh i'm gonna look him up on b-ball reference to see um, it says he's averaging 10.3 this 8.6 on his career yeah he's averaging 10.3 on um 28 from beyond the arc 43 percent total uh ugly from behind the arc yeah uh 1.4 turnovers compared to 2.1 assists so he shoots 82% from the line, which gives you hope that the offense could improve. Let's see what his defensive plus minus is. That's usually a good one for defense, I think. I feel like being as young as he is, you got to give him a chance on another team first. Yeah, I'm with you. Just the shooting and athleticism alone, I'd say, merits another chance. But he, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen it from Malik at this point. Whatever happened yeah. to Grayson Allen? Ooh, he's a guy who I wanted to talk about because I've been liking what I've been seeing out of Grayson Allen recently. Really? I haven't heard about him since he's on. He's, he's on, on the Grizzlies, and he's been playing big minutes in the bubble. For real? Anthony, yeah, because Anthony Melton hasn't really been playing very. And also, Grayson's been taking some of those minutes, and I, and I like him a lot. He can. Sh- he's he's a shooter, and he tries hard, which is goes a long way. Wait, what does he do again? Didn't he? Did he he just kicks people in the nuts and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. 
he's a casual he's a <laughs> it's it's he's not a one-time offender though like it's happening no it's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he does that's part of his game yeah <laughs> Callan, do you actually want me to keep going or should i just rattle off the last 10 guys at this point bro you can do whatever this is this is your show Okay, it's called Jonah's NBA talk, bro. We've come this far, we might as well just ghost ten more. And so, wait, I lowkey want to hear, like, really quick, who are the top ten point guards you had? Okay, yeah, let's get back to uh, my point. I think I can just say this off the top of my head. So I had intermission. uh, I had Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, Kimball Walker. I obviously had Steph at number one. That's pretty good. I like that. I don't like Trey Young. Yeah, I know. I, I knew you wouldn't like Trey. I know. What was mine, Jonah? Shoot. I, I had, I had, I had. I think you gave one. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I did. I only gave five. Oh, I think it know. was um, it was Steph, Dame, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and then Jaw. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a good list. Jaw at five. I don't know. I think you can make a debate. Who knows? He, Jonah had Luca yeah, in there. Jaw Moray is trash. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, Jaw's gonna get up there, but I don't think I don't think he's quite that good yet. Yeah. Um, I think that Trey Young. Is also trash. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Hey, what's your? I think he sucks, and I think he is essentially Zach Levine, but he's a point guard. Oh wow! Hey, wait, wow. what is yours? That's a bold statement. Uh, mine would be Dame Steph, just based off this season, or like you think Dame is better than Steph in general? I think Dame's better than Steph. Okay, well Jonah doesn't. Jonah just thinks just because Steph didn't play this year, Dame's better. I oh. think Dame's better than Steph. Dame was by a hair by a hair just because Dame, was, Dame, Dame would attack the basket. Dame was catching up to Steph, then Steph missed this entire year, and Dame had the best year of his career. So yeah, I just um, don't get. I mean, like I understand that Dame's super good, but like Steph's just so freaking good, though. Like I don't like I, I know that it's like I don't know. I guess it's good that there's like someone else that's that close that you can compare to, but I feel like Steph is just. I don't know. There's just something different, dude. So mine would be Dame, Steph, um, uh, I think I like Luca at three. Uh, if I had to put Luca in there, because I was, I would definitely probably push everything down after. I think I'd put Luca at three, Chris Paul four, and then Russell at five. I think I would go Luca three, Chris Paul four. Who did you say five? I put Westbrook. I don't know. But he is pretty, I mean, like, he is, like, I mean, Jonah obviously has his opinions, but, like, Russell's pretty good, though. Yeah, I had to go on a Russ rant during the last one. And I agree with it. I don't really like him that much, but he is pretty crazy explosive and athletic. I know, but for some, I would never, ever, ever want him to run my team. No. no, yeah, that's exactly what Jonah was. Jonah's like, if you have to completely yeah. change everyone around you and get rid of one of your best players in Clint Capella just to like fit him in your offense, something's wrong with him rather than like the Rockets. 
Yeah, I can tell you five players that I haven't named that I would take over Russ Westbrook. Kimball Walker, Kyle Lowry, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. I wouldn't take Kyle Lowry just because he's older. Would you take Trey over Russ? No. No. Wow. Is it Trey Young sucks. Is it all because of his defense? Yes, he well. The only thing he does is just shoot crazy shots. Like and, no, at least no, Russell Westbrook gets rebounds. He's on a good team. Don't he's he's well rounded offensively. He's an amazing passer too. Russell Westbrook I, gets rebounds though, right? Yeah, yeah but he, Trey's stat so chases. Trey is one of the best point guards in the pick and roll too. I just have to see him on a better team first. That's fair. I think we're gonna learn a lot about him when we see him with Clint Capella. I think that'll be an amazing fit for both of them. I think you could put an argument Draymond Green is like a top point guard too. Like just like passer, <laughs> bring the ball up the court, just like a facilitator. I think you could put an argument that <laughs> Mario Draymond Green would struggle for minutes if he never played for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think if John Wall played, he would have been up there. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. If John Wall played, he's in my top five. Yeah. I love John Wall. Um, Jonah had pretty good. Jonah's lists are pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, Jonah does. Jonah had Kyrie at six, I believe. I I like that, just because of his attitude issues and health problems. Yeah, but I mean, like, but Chris Paul's just an ageless wonder. Oh yeah, dude. Like he's like really what a point guard should be. Exactly. Like Dame really doesn't fit. The idea of a point guard, but who? Dame. Yeah, oh, he, he, dude, he is just a scary player. Like, yeah, but Chris Paul is the truest point guard left in the NBA, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Especially like when you take into account like his size and just the way he plays and stuff. He For is, sure, yeah, he slows the game down so much. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Jonah had De'Aaron Fox up there too. I like that. He's yeah. I would. I'm looking at this list right now on um, Bleacher Report, and they have Ben Simmons at five, and I don't know how I feel about that. At five for point guards, like top five right now in the league. Yeah, I don't know about that because he literally—I don't know—he's a big boy though, isn't he? I put him top ten. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Bleacher Report got Steph Curry at number one. (laughs) (laughs) That's not surprising. I get it. But Dame, Dame and Steph are so close. Yeah. But it, I honestly think, though, there's something to be said that, like, Damian Lillard by himself is definitely more of a threat right now on the Blazers than Steph Curry is by himself on the Warriors right now. I agree. That's what I was trying to say. Is like, I feel- like, Damian holds more weight as a singular pe- player than, di- like, I think Steph does yeah. right now as a singular player. And Damian's such a better athlete than Steph, too. Like, Steph can't go quickly as quick to the rim as Dame. You can't explode and dunk on three guys like yeah. Dame Loki will. Yeah, Dame, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jonah, Trey Young would, he'd probably crack my top 20 point guards in the NBA. Okay. I'll take that. I'm taking Jamal Murray over him all day. Yeah. I agree Whoa. with that 110%. <laughs> Jamal Murray. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What are you at right now, Joe? What? What one are you at? Oh, on my list. I'd say uh, I'm at 36 right now. Nice. Jamal Murray has a future in the film industry if 
um, basketball doesn't work out. What do you do? Uh, he made some home videos over quarantine. Oh god! Did he actually? Yeah. Oh no! How did I not hear about this? Was I don't know. It was it? all over and stuff, but I don't know. Number thirty-six. That's I went- so embarrassing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And it is and it isn't in the same way. Like, <laughs> all right, Joe. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd rather have. I'd, I'd take Mike Conley over Trey Young. Dang, but Mike Conley's crazy. old. I had Mike Conley in the twenties, but I guess you have Trey Young in the twenties too. So yeah, so they just yeah. Okay, so number thirty-six, I went with Furkan Korkmaz for who? Furkan Korkmaz of the Sixers. I don't know who that is. Uh, this is like his second year in the NBA, and he had a game winner against the Blazers. He was that guy on the Seventy Sixers. Um, What's he look like? I even like begin to spell his name. Yeah, F U R K A N K O R K M A Z. Oh, this guy. Yeah. And so... That's he, trash. He's a shooter. Um, which was... Maybe he just looked good in Philly because Philly desperately needed anybody who could knock down a three. But Furkan definitely had a very nice year. Um, yeah, basically that's what he does. He shoots the ball well. He's not a liability on defense. Um, he's and, a big... Oh, wait, no, he's a C6-7. He's, he's like Clay's height. Yeah, but that's great size for a um, that's great size for a shooting guard though, mm-hmm. which is like why even though he's not athletic, that's kind of why he um, isn't a liability on defense. Um, it'll be interesting to see how his career develops from now on because he doesn't have a whole. There's not a lot there on offense. Like he, I think he hit a few floaters over the course of the season, but that's not a part of his game. That's not something he seeks out. So. The Sixers have big guards. Yeah, they do. The Sixers are a big team. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do without Ben Simmons, like if Shake Milton or Hal Neto can step up, but I doubt it. Um, number 37 is an old favorite, Wesley Matthews. Uh, oh, Wesley Matthews. <laughs> yeah. One is of he the, on the Mavericks now, or who is he on? He's on Bucks, the Bucks, right? Bucks now? Yeah. He actually is a starter for him. One of the original, yep, one of the original three and D players in the NBA. The shot's still there. The defense is kind of waning. Um, he's just kind of a savvy veteran, though. He's a yeah. He's a he's solid. Yeah, he's a tough guy who you'd want as like a veteran on a winning team. So that's basically it for him. Here I'll go warp speed now because it's getting late. Number thirty-eight is guy who um, I was really encouraged by this year, Chris Dunn. I think he led the. NBA. I was wondering about where you're gonna put him. Yeah, I think he led the NBA in steals, or he was like one of the top guys. He's oh, really? just, yeah, he's just so um, bad on offense. Like, I don't know how to shake yeah. or cut it. He can't shoot. He doesn't really get to the rim. He doesn't like to play with the ball in his hands. So it's basically like you're playing with four guys on offense with Chris Dunn's on the floor. <laughs> but he's just one of the best defenders in the NBA. So I had to include him on this list somewhere. Speaking of defenders, he can't play offense. Number 39 is Gary Harris. He went, people thought he was on the trajectory to be one of the best three and D players in the NBA. Unfortunately, he forgot how to shoot this year. And so 
his offensive production just completely tanked. Wait, who is this? Uh, Gary Harris. Oh, where'd you put Chris Middleton? Uh, he's a small forward to me. Oh, but I really like Chris Middleton. I think he's yeah. underrated. Um, Gary Harris is trash. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it was hard to watch. It's sad to see a young player who started out promising and now just sucks. But that's kind of what it's kind of where it's headed for Gary. Number forty, even harder. It's yeah, tough. he should find a different job. Honestly, yeah. Stuff to watch a young guy deal with injuries. Number 40 is Luke Kennard. Um, he's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Um, he's a good shooter. He's got somewhat of a mid-range game. Like he's not athletic, so he doesn't finish at the rim, but he's got good footwork. He can put up floaters. He can sort of do he sort of has shades of Devin Booker and that he can hit those little mid-range fadeaways, but obviously he's nowhere near as good as Booker at those shots. Um, he's a bad defender. I think if he can stay healthy, he could be an above-average offensive shooting guard, but that really hasn't happened yet. So starting to look a little bit iffy for Luke Kennard in Detroit. Number 41 is the guy who we're replaced. But I need Jay Cole out there, man. <laughs> That's facts, yeah. Number 41 is the guy who replaced and injured Luke Kennard for a lot of this year, and that's Langston Galloway, who... Oh, yeah. Days being one of the best shooters in the NBA, he I want to say he's like 39 or 40 percent. He's just a very good shooter. You can't leave him open. That's pretty much all I have to say. Number 42, probably one of my biggest disappointments this year. I was ready to call him a guy who was going to be a key contributor on a championship team. I still think he's going to be on a championship team, but a key contributor is starting to seem like a bit of a stretch. And that's Landry Shamit, who... Oh, he's a bum. <laughs> I thought he had the potential to become a... Well, he still does. He still has the potential to become a very good 3 and D player, but that hasn't really happened this year. He's seen a dip in his three-point percentage down to 36%. His he's defense, trash. His defense has been bad. Um, yeah, it's been a very bad season for Landry Shamit, unfortunately. Number 43, one of my least favorite... Well, not one of my least favorite, but a guy I don't like is Austin Rivers. Um, oh, he's horrible. Yeah, he is a bit thirsty on offense. He likes to yeah. see out his own shots. He gets tunnel vision. He's not the world's best three-point shooter. He is good at getting to the rim. He is a good he he's a good driver to the basket. Oh, he sucks. That's one of those situations where it's not how good you are at basketball. It's your dad is a legendary basketball coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot to say about Austin Rivers. Uh, Number 44 is a guy who's actually starting, and he's solid, I guess. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He's, <laughs> he's another one of those guys who are supposed to be like in that 3 and D archetype, but he hasn't really, oh. been, he hasn't really been hitting the threes this year. And oh, that is so funny, dude. Yeah, he should. <laughs> oh, it's so funny how many players have been above him, and that's not even like a bad take. No, yeah. The threes haven't been falling. Um, it's looked bad for him this year. He had, His defense has been fine, but, I mean, you're playing with Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard a lot of the time. Like, your team's going to have a good defense. Um, yeah. Oh, he's a bomb, dude. Yes. Yeah, so, off in Detroit. Yeah, so, yeah, KCP, not a lot to say about him. Number 45, former Laker from last year. A guy who's kind of been stranded in New York, Reggie Bullock. Um 
I don't know what much to say about him. He can shoot three. He's got some of the weirdest hair in the NBA. It looks like he has like caterpillars on his head or something. Who? Reggie Block. I don't even know who that is. Look him up. Yeah, but I, either way, um, I mean, he's a fine NBA player. I think he deserves better than the Knicks. But everyone um, deserves better than the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers didn't bring him back for a reason. He, there's not a whole lot going on outside of the shot. Wasn't Jordan Clarkson a Laker? Yeah, he was. I yeah. think he got drafted by the Lakers. But yeah. then him and Larry Nance I think, were in the same deal to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But either way, yeah, I don't, I don't think Reggie Bullock – I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Reggie Bullock this season. Um, but Is Josh Hart in your list? Uh, he's a small forward to me, oh. but I like Josh Hart a lot. My honorable mentions are guys who didn't quite crack the top 45, but I think are interesting for some reason or another. The first one is a guy we've already talked about, Grayson Allen. has didn't was a key part of that Mike Conley trade that sent Mike Conley from Memphis to Utah. He hasn't played a whole lot this year until the bubble, and now he's playing quite a bit, and he's been red hot from three, and he tries hard on defense. So I think he's going to stick around the league for a while. I like his. He just wants to hurt people. That's why he tries hard on defense. <laughs> yeah. Well, whether it's for the right reasons or not, he's <laughs> he has still, corrupt motives. Yeah, he still gives effort. So I think he'll stick around the NBA. I like him. Um, the next guy I wanted to bring up was a guy who I think is more of a point guard, but I didn't mention him in the point guard video. So I'll mention him now. Is DeAnthony Melton, um, who. Um, He's basically been benched. Like he's behind Grayson in the depth chart now for the Grizzlies. He plays good defense. He plays really good defense, but he's just a liability on offense who other teams will leave open. And now that now that the Grizzlies have lost Jaron Jackson, they are shooting starved. Like there aren't a lot of people in the Grizzlies who can knock down a three ball. So there's just not really room for DeAnthony Melton as yeah. a guard who can't shoot threes on the Grizzlies, which is too sure. get a fine season. Um a guy who I didn't even have written down, but I'm just realizing I didn't bring him up in the point guard video and I didn't bring him up in this video either is Alex Caruso, who <laughs> I hate. Um, yeah, I can't stand. Yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, so here I'm going to, I guess now that I brought him up, I'm going to go on a mini Alex Caruso rant. Alex Caruso has to be one of the least self-aware people in on the planet. Like... Obviously, he gets a lot of attention. Obviously, he's on Bleacher Report and all over Twitter every time he makes a dunk. For some reason, Alex Caruso doesn't realize that these people are making fun of him. He doesn't. He doesn't realize that the only reason he's on all these social media sites and all the reasons he's on ESPN and SportsCenter, it's because you're bald and ugly looking and people think you're like funny to look at Alex and then he somehow thinks it has to do with him being good at basketball so he'll celebrate and gas himself up every time he'll like he has his headband and always like he'll always like stroke his headband after he makes a three he looks so bad in the headband too yeah it's just so obnoxious like he's one of those people who doesn't realize people are laughing at him and not with him and it's just it's just makes me mad to watch yeah one of the fine fine role player on the lakers but terrible no he sucks he's on the lakers because it's funny yeah he wouldn't be in the nba 
Yeah, the least self-aware guy in the league is um, Alex Caruso. Another guy who I wanted to bring up, um, one of the bright spots of the Warriors season, I actually thought this guy was, for some of the Warriors games, their best player, is Damian Lee. He's a guy who can shoot the ball. Uh, you didn't yeah. watch as many games as I did, bro. Fucking rims out. You didn't, you're not a big Damian Lee guy. Yeah, he's, he's fine, but... No, nah, he's trash. I watched him. He, like, got... He tried to fight somebody, I think. He looks... The thing I like about Damian Lee is he looks good with the ball in his hands. Like, he's comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's comfortable shooting threes. Um, this is one of those situations when you're Steph's brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. That's why you be playing. Here, I'm going to look him up because... I think he tried to, like... I, I, I think he's good, but he's taken yeah, some fun. shots that it's like, geez, dude. He's just not Quinn Cook. Yeah, he, he was a league <laughs> it's average. It's hard to replace him. He was really good. He was a league average shooter this year, so I'm not sure there was a whole lot there. He may have just been a guy. He was like there. He had a few good games where he propelled. Yeah, he, he had a few really good games. He might have just been there out of necessity just because there wasn't a whole lot there for the Warriors. There's a reason why he was on one of those, like, what do they call it? Getting a million dollars. He's trash. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's got somewhat of a future in the NBA, though. I disagree. Another, I think he'll probably never be on another NBA roster. Another guy is a <laughs> guy who I actually liked again for the Warriors. And this is a guy who does have a future in the NBA because the Warriors gave him a two year contract extension after this year. And that's Michael Mulder, who we've talked about before. I like him because he's confident. I don't know who that is. He, yeah, I haven't even seen him play before. He looks for his shot a lot. He doesn't shy. He's a guy who like in relishes the task of guarding the best player on the other team. Like he's a guy who's been in the NBA for a couple weeks and he's already got and he wants to guard Luka Doncic. Like that look that's impressive to me. So I'm not gonna lie, dude. I typed most of his name before he popped up. That's really? a trash NBA player. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad the Warriors gave him an extension, though. I'll be curious to see what he can do. He's one of the few guys who I actually think could fit on it, like a team with Steph and Clay, just because he can shoot the ball and um, try on defense. Speaking of trying on defense, is Lugan Stort, a guy who the Thunder really seems Oh, uh, Dort? Oh, that guy. I can't take him seriously, his last name. Yeah, me neither. The Thunder really seem to like him, though. He's built like a brick wall. Um, he played really good. He's a Raymond Felton type player. Yeah, seriously. But he actually did play really good defense this year. I don't like his shot, but for some reason it went in. Like for some reason he was like an average three-point shooter this year. I don't really see that continuing, but the defense is promising. The Thunder gave him an actual contract, so obviously they see it with him. So um, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Colin Sexton. It was one of those guys who has like a big name, but I left him off, and there's a reason for that. Is he a shooting guard? I yeah, I'd say Jerry Scarland's probably their point guard. So Colin Sexton should be up there. I thought he was a point guard. Me I too. Think, I think his natural position's point guard, but I just think with, okay. with Darius Garland on the team, obviously the Cavs see it. The cat the Cavs wouldn't have drafted a point guard last year if they saw Colin Sexton as like the point guard of the future. So Yeah. Nah, dude, he's got to be, like, in the top 45. No. Play. <laughs> he's terrible. His decision-making is the Dude worst. from the Sixers. 
Yeah, I'm not a big Colin Sexton guy. Um, I think he's going to flame out of the league. He's not a smart player at all. Um, he take he dribbles the air out of the ball. His shot selection is nothing to write home about. He can't make an entry pass. That's pretty much all I want to say. <laughs> Jeez, how, tell me how you really feel, dude. Yeah, but I mean, you had players up in there who were playing much less minutes. You had Marcus Smart yeah. at number nine. Yeah, yeah, Marcus Smart is a bomb. Yeah, there are guys who play in small minutes who are better than guys who play major minutes, though. No, I know, but like those, especially with someone as young as Colin Sexton, like. I feel like coming into a role like that, he's going to make mistakes, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And he's definitely made his fair share of mistakes. Oh my God. I think so brutal. I think the high end outcome for Colin Sexton is probably a guy like Austin Rivers. I think that's something Colin can aspire to. Um, No, dude, he'll be better than Shoot for the moon. Shoot for the stars. Try to be Austin Rivers. In my life, he'd be better than that. He's super athletic and really fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's undersized, though, right? Yes, he, especially for a shooting guard. He's borderline undersized for a point guard, but for a shooting guard, it's just brutal. And then um, the last guy who I had as just kind of a guy who's interesting to talk about, but not in my top 45, was R.J. Barrett of the New York you Knicks. You hate R.J. Barrett. I do. Yeah, you when I when yeah you you talked mad shit about R.J. Barrett. Forgot about him. I don't like R.J. Barrett. Um, he was pretty much any any shooting number you look at for R.J. Barrett this year is just absolutely repulsive. He I was gonna there. say honestly, what is he good at? Like, what's his game? He wasn't good at anything this year. He 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 was in he was barely in college. He was a good um. Well, in college, he could somewhat shoot threes. And in college, he was really good attacking the rim. And he could use his college. And he could use his, like, physicality and, like, um, height and stuff. Because he's pretty – he's got good physical attributes for a shooting guard. And he could use all that to sort of finish over defenders. This year, that didn't really work out for him in the NBA. And also, he would get fouled and get sent to the line where he was barely a 50% free throw shooter. That's insane. Yeah, and then the defense wasn't amazing either. So, it was just – a rough and then also he wasn't set up for success because there was no spacing with this next offense that starred guys like Julius Randle and Taj Gibson so there just was no shooting out there and if a guy like RJ Barrett's ever going to be successful he's going to need to have a lot of shooting around him and that was the yeah I feel like he'd be good on a team like the Nuggets yeah and that yeah maybe um yeah the Knicks were just a bad situation and he was a pretty bad player this year and so he was no, yeah, he sucked. He didn't really approach my top forty-five, and that's about it. That's all the guys I had written down. That's very impressive, Jonah, that you did this. It is. It was, like a, good, it was a good team effort for all of us. I think that that's facts. Right. I tried my best to chime in when I could. I'm sorry I made you guys stay up so late so you could hear me talk about Contavious Caldwell Pope. Jonah, I'd be so up bad. anyway. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Yeah, Loki got picked up some new NBA knowledge. Yeah, you bless. You're gonna bless. You bless people with new knowledge. All right. Well, like some of these guys that don't get any attention. I'm just glad I could bless people with the knowledge that Trey Young is trash. <laughs> Trey is trash. Horrible Trey NBA players. Trey Young and Zach Levine. We'll have to. Ha- we'll have to see whose career turns out better. Okay. Okay, but if they one v one. Okay. No. Here's the thing. 
John Morant. It's not even fair though. He was trash. The moment I realized John Morant was trash was when he was playing the Blazers in the on July 31st, the NBA restart, and he dunked in the fast break and was up like 11 points in the third quarter and started celebrating like he had won the game. Yeah. Proceeded to lose. Yeah. I realized John Morant was a trash NBA player. He also had like two points in the first. John Morant Morant had a chance to literally win the game. Oh, yeah. That's another good point to make. When you're in the open court, when that's supposed to be what your best thing is, is the open court. And you slip and fall for no reason other than that you're a trash NBA player. Can't even get a shot off. No, you can't even. Yeah, it's that's it's embarrassing. It's worse than Brandon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be worse than Brandon Knight, actually. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jonah, and thank you, Chandler, for coming on. Y'all have to turn back on for like a playoff NBA preview or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. All right, sounds Some good. Hot takes. Yes. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.